It's time for the best podcast around. Grab a cold one, sit back, and enjoy the show. This is Corner Pub Sports. Hey, this is Brian Dawkins, and you're looking at Corner Pub Sports. Corner Pub Sports. What is going on, everybody? We are live here today on a Sunday, 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 fun day from Nick's Roast Beef on Cotman Avenue. Sean, Ryan, Mike, Gary, and Chris from Dunk Phil's fans is joining us here as we start off the show here on Sunday. We have a special show today. We are uh, doing a benefit for the Darren Dalton Foundation. We have plenty of items on uh, on our table here for raffles. We have 50-50s, so if you're uh, going to come down here live, we appreciate it. And, of course, if you're watching on uh, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, we thank you. Um, and if you want to uh, donate, uh, we'll, we'll maybe get some information or something. We'll figure something out a little bit later. So Come on down. Yeah. So, Chris, welcome back, man. Yep. Thank you, guys. Oh, there you go. Let me work you out. All right. How you doing, man? Good. How you doing? Good, good. Thanks for, uh, you know, being a part of this and, and actually asking us to be a part of it. And yeah, thanks for having me. Kind of bringing yeah. us in. Of course, guys. Not as awesome. Yeah, it's just, this is great. Uh, you know, again, it's you know a Sunday, uh, coming off a, a, a Sunday, day where Sunday, a day yeah, we're not uh, used to Sunday. Uh, some some bad news uh, last night. We'll get to that in a second, but first we're going to do the good news. So let's let's talk about the Darren Dalton Foundation and what we're doing today. Uh, I don't know if you want to if you want to lead it off lead us off here, Chris. Yeah, yeah sure. So um, we are auction. Well, we have a raffle for there's about ten different items. So Corner Pub Sports, Drunk Phil's fans, and the Darren Dalton Foundation has donated some items that we're going to be selling raffle tickets for. Um, buckets in front of each of them, so you can after you buy the tickets, and we'll pull them off before the end of the Phil's versus uh, San Diego game today, which somewhere around seven o'clock. Uh, figuring baseball goes about three hours now. Mm-hmm. Um, and 100% of the proceeds from that is getting donated. So 100%. It's all going right back to Great the Darren Dalton Foundation. Great stuff. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. It should be awesome. So so I I didn't I did not want to mention it, but we have former Philadelphia Philly Steve Jeltz in the house. Steve. Steve Jeltz will be joining us in a few in a few uh, minutes here on the on the on the table here and uh, minus now, the locks. And minus the locks. <laughs> <laughs> Gary can't get over it. <laughs> I think he expected him to have the locks. He should have wore a wig or something for I him. Kinda, like, <laughs> not going to lie, I kind of did. <laughs> uh, and uh, he, he's got his buddy Mike here with him as well. Uh, Mike will be joining us as well. So they, they run a nonprofit, so we'll be talking about that as well. But So before we get into all that, let's talk about the big news today. Bryce Harper, uh, he's going to be out indefinitely. Not good news to wake up to. I, I, was, I had the game on, and I... I was drinking a lot yesterday, so I passed out. <laughs> um, yeah, broken hand. Not good. Yeah, I uh, I woke up to the news. I didn't watch the game because they're on the West Coast. and It's late. I drank too much. Yeah. It's, um, it's just a thumb. Spray with Windex, wrap yeah. it up, and swing the bat. But I, um, oh, come on. I, I, I woke up. <laughs> I see his arm that he's swinging the bat with. And yeah, God. I woke up with the first alert on my phone is that like it looks like he's probably out three months uh, if, he, if he doesn't need surgery. 
Um, uh, yeah, it's not good. They don't make the playoffs without Bryce Harper. No, yeah, Chris, it, what do you think? Do you think that they have a shot to make? I mean, did you think they had a shot beforehand? And I mean, I thought they might have had a shot, but I guess you look at the Braves, right? The Braves didn't have a Kuna last right. year, and mm-hmm. look what they did. So it's possible. Maybe these guys, it's the little bit of a kick in the butt that they needed that, you know, JT's going to step up, Nick's going to step up. Yeah. You know, then I was looking at uh, Stevenson and Belt, who recently had the same exact injury, broke their thumb. They were out four to eight weeks. Okay. So, I mean, we don't know if you need surgery. We don't know if they're going to do the elbow at the same time or if it even needs it. So, but I, you know, I, I, I'm not giving up. Yeah, that's no, actually that's got, actually a good point about Acuna. Cause, I mean, um, that that's mid mid September, and it's yeah, and it's ahead. before the trade deadline. I mean, I know that they're not they're not loaded with prospects, but I mean, they could still make a deal to kind of as a hold me over type thing too. Well, like you said, Chris. I mean, they're going to bring Mickey Moniak back up to fill the roster spot. Um, I feel they shouldn't have sent him down to begin with, but that, that's another topic altogether. Um, maybe he's able to put something together like you've seen in spring training before he, he broke his wrist. Um, you know, so Next man uh, up. It improves I your mean, defense. It does so, because now Castellanos or Schwerber do not have to be in the field. Yes. And yes. they're subpar, so it does improve the defense. So or or Bob or JT or Hoskins. Like, you can rotate all those guys yeah. in and keep those guys rested. None of them are good defensively. And so. that was the plan yeah. like when you when you sign these guys. Yeah. Castellanos probably more than not as the DH. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess you put Moniak over there or what? Or the, the Herrera with Moniak in center or whatever. Or Veerling. Yeah, I don't know right. what they're – yeah. Kind of planning. I guess we'll see when we see the lineup today. Dave Peterson on our chat board just said uh, rumors are that it's going to be season ending. So wow, yeah, we'll see. Oof. Dave's usually pretty accurate with his uh, with his stuff. So he that's, is. I got to give I got to give him his credit, man. He's, and he so that's done. four years into this contract where you haven't done nothing, and he's probably you mean it's a team, yeah. Got, he's probably got two, three years left in his prime. Uh do you think just that? I don't know. Baseball. He's been, play, he's been playing more. baseball a long, yeah, long time. But he's though. still playing at such a high. I, I'm going to give him more than that. I, I'll say, I'll say five, four to five years. That's what. But still, um, you know, as as the as the Phillies as they're built, are they? Do you think they're going to be there in five years, four to five years? You know, who knows? Right. Uh, you know, they have a lot of pitching prospects coming up and and a lot of hope. But we've seen the story before. Yep. Um, but for this year. Uh, you know, Chris has a good point about Acuna. Um, yeah, he, when he went down last year, you're like, ah, Braves are done. They're finished. It, you know, it takes – you play the game as a team, right? It takes more than one guy. If one guy goes down, you, someone else has to pick it up. Like you guys said, Nick Cassianos has to pick it up. JT Romoto has to pick up. Somebody He's, else JT's has to. JT's at least picked it up, started to finally pick it up a little yeah. bit. But he, he at least looks better at the plate. Yeah. And, um, but it's <laughs> going to be on Cassianos. Yeah. $100 million guy. He's the guy that's got to pick it up. Yeah, I mean, it's a shame because, like, early in the season, Cassianos' batting average wasn't bad. He was hitting he was hitting around 290 for a while. Over the last, like, six weeks, it's just been hard. I mean, he's down in 240s, something like that now. Um, but and, he, know, ha- he has admitted that I'm just not right. Yeah. I don't know what's wrong. I'm just not right. Yeah. Don't we'll know we'll get there. Huh? But I know it's right. I don't it's, know. Let's come up with a song. <laughs> I do believe he'll come around. He's a career 278 hitter. Um, he had. Well, that's because he lives in Ben Simmons' house. <laughs> Actually, that's. It's true. That is true. The last three or four years, he's the uh, top three in extra base hits. Um, he hits for power. Like, like, I, it, 
I just you, you feel all of averages. Like there's there, there's an eight nine year pedigree there with them. Mm-hmm. I, I I gotta believe it's going to happen. Like he didn't forget how to hit. We need no. Siriano lift that bad juju. Did the Phillies need to switch to small ball without Harper? Small ball. Yeah, I just what? yes they do. Oh, Steve, right? Steve but, says yes. But do do they have the players capable of doing it? Like, you know, I don't know if they have the contact hitter. I don't know if they have the, the guys who can. Like, do they have the speed? Like, I mean, Schwarber on the base pass. He's not. You Just know? stop shooting for the moon and get on base. That's today's baseball, though. Hey, right. You know, it's it's. Yeah, like, what do you put at the top of the lineup if you're going to play small ball? Not Schwarber. But Segura's right. out. Yeah. Segura's out right now, right? So. Right, yeah. And Schwarber's actually looked. Is Moniak fast? I mean, today's. Yeah, I think he. Yeah, you know, he could fit that bill. You know, he has to hit and get on. Which has been a problem, right? <laughs> yeah, is Moniak going to take enough pitches? You know, at, at that top, that top spot on the lineup, you need a guy who's going to see some pitches, set up the next guy. See, that's the problem too. The only guy they got that in the lineup that hits for average is Bryce Harper. Mm-hmm. So that <laughs> this is bad Wait, you, you on don't so think, many levels. You mean a double? Like a, when Dubal's batting? Are you O'Dummy? serious? I, come on, oh dummy, come on, <laughs> oh dummy, oh dummy, Meyer hernia. On. Yeah, it's a shame he's actually producing somewhat. He was, yeah, he, yeah. Was, he was doing okay. Ah, I just, I can't cheer for him. I mean, do we think Hall gets called up? Or they might have, they might have to. I mean, if they if they go in a week or week or two tailspin here, um, that might be the next move. You know, maybe they consider doing that because you're going to need some someone to produce. If, if they keep seeing these these um, results from these guys who aren't just aren't producing, that might be the way. You know, just spark you know give him a little spark and see what happens if he doesn't work he doesn't work you send him back down you know yeah. what's but that the pessimist point of view like it might not matter if the pitching doesn't hold up it doesn't matter the pitching has held up though the, the bullpen, the bullpen. well the, the bullpen's the, been a problem yesterday yeah. it was awesome yeah i will yeah. say that that was like 12 up 12 down right. beautiful yeah. game Bellotti looked legit his mm-hmm. slider is an out pitch mm-hmm. and you know, Sir Anthony, I, every pitch is an out pitch for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's but, good to have him back. I mean, I just wish that he would have got the surgery earlier. The more that I heard about that, the more that I heard it wasn't really him that was kind of holding back on having the surgery. To At first, I thought that he tried to milk it. But the more that I heard about it, it he got bad advice. Mark, Mark, uh, Mark on the chat room said, bring in Rick Vaughn. Bring him in. Yeah, wild thing. There we go. <laughs> bring him in. We have him. He's left-handed. You want me to drag him outside and – Kick the shit out of them. This isn't the California Penal League. <laughs> <laughs> I had uh, I had some major league stuff on here, but I took it off because you know it's not exactly PG. So we're trying to keep it PG today, even though there's no kids in here now. But you know, public please. You know. So yeah. Chris, um, drunk Phil's fans, uh, <laughs> your your page. Tell the people while we're early in the show. Tell the people how they can find you. So uh, we it's on. Uh, dr- just Drunk Phil's fans at uh, on Facebook is where you can find. But at Drunk Phil's fans on Twitter, at Drunk Phil's fans on Instagram. And believe it or not, I've actually moved into TikTok just making some short videos. Uh, I have no clue. And I have to ask kind of like my daughter how to do it. Because yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. I'm like mulling around. But uh, it's also at Drunk Phil's fans there. Yeah, we were actually talking to Mike, who's uh, Steve's partner. We were talking to him a few minutes ago. And he actually suggested that. He goes, you guys got to do TikTok. You got to do TikTok. I'm like, all right, we'll, we'll think about it. 
So, so we'll have to do some. Someone else hasn't managed. I've managed too much, man. He's the other, I'll do the TikTok. All right, you do the TikTok. Yeah. The other thing, make it weird. You're gonna make it weird. Probably. Everybody invite their dogs. No dogs. No red rockets on TikTok. So, Chris, the other thing is, you. The, the other reason that you're here is because you got a, yeah. uh, a beer that's on tap here that you guys created, right? Mm. Yeah. So uh, you got to talk about that a little bit, right? Yeah. yeah he I just drank it, right? Yeah, yeah. So I yeah. did. Um, it's called uh, Jam the Batter. It was made in conjunction with uh, Rotunda Brewery, which is based in Hershey and Anvil. Uh, it's a fruited sour ale with strawberry, pineapple, and mango, and it's at 5.9%. Uh, it is on tap today at Nick's. And it's still on tap at Rotunda if you're in the central PA, Anvil, and Hershey <laughs> area. But the uh, cans, uh, they're sold out. So I think they made 65 cases worth of cans, and they sold out within 24 hours. That's so awesome. that was wow. pretty cool. That's yeah. awesome. So, again, if you're watching the stream, you're in the area, uh, northeast Philadelphia area, come on out to Cotman Avenue, Nick's Roast Beef, get some jam to batter, donate to the Darren Dalton Foundation, meet Steve Jeltz. You know, get a signature, you know, hang out, take pictures. with That's some great food. You don't want pictures of Steve. Just take pictures with us. Uh, you know, make, make, it a, make it a fun afternoon here on a Sunday. So we're, we're having a good time here. Um, uh, so, yeah, I, I mean, I guess let's – we're going to do abbreviated recap, and then we'll move – you know, we're going to have Steve on and stuff. So uh, we had the Sixers draft this week. Uh, the Sixers did not draft a player. They, um, they traded uh, Danny Green, and uh, they got a 3 and D guy. And uh, his name's actually slipping me right now. It's DeAndre Melton. Melton. Yeah, DeAndre Melton. Melton. Not Milton. Melton. Not Milton. So you have Shake Milton. Hair. You have Shake Milton and DeAndre Melton. What, what, uh, DeAndre Mike, Melton's probably going to take names, Shake's. Mike, Mike sent the uh, text. Who was it? The Thunder. Who who drafted the guys with the same names? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. was it the Thunder? It was Jalen. Jalen Williams. Jalen Williams. J a y l i n and then J a l e n both. <laughs> Last name Williams. The same team drafted both players. Yep. Jalen Williams, Joe, Bugs Bunny, pitching the Bugs Bunny, playing the center field, Bugs Bunny. When I uh, seen that, I'm like, yeah. on the phone, I'm like, <laughs> wait a minute, this like, no. So, so I mean, we're not going to spend much time on this because, uh, you know, I just saw a little couple highlights. The guy doesn't. Yeah, we can talk more about it next week. Yeah, next week for sure. Um, but what do you guys think about it? like on the surface? I think it's great. I, I think yeah. I, I think it was a uh, being able to get rid of. Um, Danny, Danny Green's contract and the, the $10 million, you know, that they would have had to invest in him. And then, you know, the, the draft pick, yeah, that's – you you drafted – you got somebody that's going to be better than who you drafted. Right. You got a better rotational exactly. 3 and D guy. You basically got what Danny Green was but two younger. years ago in a younger version right. that you might be able to keep and build with. I mean, He's I, 24. Yeah. This kid's yeah, 24. Yeah. So well, I, what was Danny Green? 30 points per game. And he's shooting upwards of, you know, high 30% mm-hmm. three points. Right. And he yeah. seems to be improving so with Actually, it. from the corner, he shoots like over 40 at three-point range. That's um, me in the corner. It, um, so, so there's your corner threes that Danny Green gave you. Um, he could defend. He could do And he could put the ball on the floor a little bit. He could do everything. I see what you did there. He could do everything a little bit. There. Like, he's, he's going to be a good bench piece. I think you got the most value you could have out of this pick. Yeah, I think it was another good job yeah. by the GM to, you know. An enhanced Thibel. Uh Better. No, he can no shoot. he's better than Thibel. He can shoot. Thibel can't shoot. Well, he said an enhanced Thibel. Yeah. But they do say he, yeah. he, he, steal, like he averages like what, two steals a game, something like that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he's, he's a 
you know, him and Thibault could pan pan kind of, like him, him and Thibault could kind of be what him and what, what Thibault and Simmons were a little bit on the perimeter defending. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, all good things. It, it saves a little bit of money so that you can start to kind of look in the free agency and kind of work out some things. But anyway, yeah, let's not go too deep into this. We got plenty of time to talk about this. Let's move on to another topic and touch on this next week. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, we'll definitely get into more next week. Um, Mark Capel, I'm sorry. I know he kind of jumped out here, but I did want to bring up the Mark Capel. Yeah, thing. absolutely. Um, That's a great he, story. 2013, he was drafted by the Houston Astros. Uh, never sniffed the majors until yesterday. He was called up by the Phillies. First overall pick. First overall pick. Yep. And, and Major League Baseball and uh, you know media and stuff were saying basically he was one of the biggest. Uh, biggest bust. Biggest bust ever. And now he finally got a chance. And uh, he actually quit baseball in 2018. Uh, came back, decided. Oh, he, had, ah. he had an injury, right? No, it was. No, it was kind of. He just. He just kind of said, "I can't. I'm not." He, his, his head wasn't in it, and then he missed yeah. it, and like he, he needed to kind of clear his head. It seems. And and now he's back, and that's that's a great story. That's one of the, you know, one of the feel good stories you like to hear, and and uh, it, it's it's good to see, and and hopefully he can make an impact if he comes up and does something with them, and you know that'd be pretty awesome if he can come up. I guess he's in the bullpen. Unless they blew, sure. do, do a well, double header or something, maybe. Well, I think that he actually is a bullpen guy now. Like yeah. he, he was a starting pitcher for a while, and then when he came back, he came back as a bullpen guy. So I think that that's what his role is going to be now, right? Yeah, I think he's going to be a long reliever, right? Because, yeah, that makes you know, sense. Right? I, I guess they're ha- still with Familia and Alvarado and Bellotti. These are all like one inning guys, but there's you know there's a spot on a team. Familia is a no innings guy. No, well, <laughs> I, I hope so. And I'll tell you though, that Alvarado, if he f- ever figures something out, man. I love uh, that guy. You can throw 100 miles per hour, but you can't He's going to kill somebody. He can't pitch. Like, if he learns how to pitch, that's that's going to be a nice weapon to have. He, he still has chance. You know, he still has time. But, yeah, maybe this offseason someone can work with him and, and, and get him, you know, learn location, learn how to use your pitches instead of just throwing as hard as you can. It doesn't always <laughs> – Steve's like, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, it just – you know, and same thing as that launch angle, right, and we're, Steve? And we're going to get into it. I mean, Steve – so I for those, some, for those who haven't met Steve yet, Steve can talk, and he's going to go off on this. I know he is when he comes up here. Oh, we're, sure, let's yeah, get him we're up gonna, here. Come on. Are we ready yeah, we'll to get, get him up here? So, yeah, hold on. Just one second. So I'm going to do three the beers, and then, we'll, and then we'll get Steve up. Yeah, All right. okay. Um, and uh, But, yeah, so – like, it, but that whole thing, that whole – the, the uh, you know, come up through the ranks and teaching the launch angles and teach just throw as hard as you can. It's You can see it's not working. Well, think about Eflin. Like, they were like, pitch the high strike, pitch the high strike, pitch the high strike. And he was getting roped. And now mm-hmm. he's like, you know, I'm not doing that. I'm going to throw low. Screw like, you I'm guys. Not, yeah. I'm doing what I, yeah. what I do best. Screw well. you guys. I'm going home. <laughs> like, just, just get a little bit of control. 102 miles an hour. Yeah. Like, yep. Just get a little bit of control. Ranger Suarez, I was very surprised at his last outing. But he's normally someone who is like, it seems like you don't know if he had a great game or a bad game. He's always like the same. But recently, him and the umpires, like him Mm -hmm. just kind of like making the faces at the umpires, stomping around. He's not going to get borderline calls doing that. He's He's got to stop that. And it's been like ugly the past two outings. And it's, it's almost the same thing as like the Alec Baum thing. Like, if you learn how to control your emotions, like, I'm still high on Bomb because I feel like if he learns to control his emotions, things will get easier. I think he makes it harder on himself because he gets so fired up about things. I think Ranger Suarez is on that same, just, yeah, just calm down. Yep. Yeah, yeah I, I 100% agree with you. Um, you know, he's, he's so young. You know, we're so impatient as a society. 
with, with sports, everything. We're just impatient in general. Yeah. Like, these things take time. You, you, you don't just learn how to play at that level. Some guys do. But just shut, majority your, of them. shut your damn mouth and get shut on base. Your, yeah. Shut your yap. Shut, shut your, your yap. yap. Shut your yap. The new I think John as Phillies Tertella. fans, we see the other just NLEs teams bringing up these young guys, and they're succeeding. And, like, we don't have that. We have not had that for a while. Like, the guy that just comes in that's 19, 20, 21, we don't have it. Rollins and Utley, they were the last That week. was it. Yeah. So, I, I guess that's part of the frustration is, yep. you know. Even when you think back to Howard was sitting in – Triple A, double A, because Tommy was here blocking yeah. him. Well, mm-hmm. apparently you know? they signed Tommy because he couldn't he couldn't field a ground ball. That's why he stayed down so long, um, and he wound up it hurt him because he came up so like he didn't come up till he was like twenty five. Yeah, twenty five. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, the other thing is, is all he did the was win rookie I mean, of the year and the MVP story. the next year. That's all. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we know the story. I mean, they had to get people in the seats right away. They weren't yeah. going to get some rookie in in the new ballpark and stuff. Yeah. Speaking of that, we're having a little bit of trouble with the Drunk Phil's fan signs. It looks like a Drunk Phil's fan may have put it up. <laughs> <laughs> no surprise there. All right, so let's do While You Were Drunk, and then we'll bring Steve up. Here we go. I am not drunk, man. You're trying to make me drunk. It's time to catch up on some things you may have missed. Do you think a six-pack oh, is yeah. acceptable? While you were drunk. I'm drunk and I love cats. What more do you need to know? So Atani this week... Has had an amazing two-day stretch. I mean, he's been amazing since he's come to the league. But listen to this list. Players who have never had an eight-RBI eight game. Babe Ruth, Hank Aaron, Barry Bonds, Albert Pujols. Who Players who never had a 13-strikeout game. Pitchers. Lefty Grove, Catfish Hunter, Jack Morris, Tom Glavin. Atani did both in consecutive days. It's crazy. That is insane. It's nuts. We are watching a generational talent. Yep. And the crazy thing is, is he's in L.A. with the Angels, and they he's stink. playing with Trout, and he's, he's got Rendon. And like, like, he doesn't have Rendon anymore. Rend- Rendon's out for the year. Uh, well, all right, but yeah. they signed Rendon. Like, they have all these high-priced guys in L.A. You never really hear about them, and they never – like, how is this possible that they're yep. not succeeding? Sounds yep. familiar. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> a little bit, doesn't it? <laughs> the truth hurts. All right. A little bit, a little bit. But if you got a name like, like Catfish Hunter, you don't got to do all that. Your name says enough. Catfish Hunter. <laughs> catfish Hunter. You're hunting catfish. Yeah, what does that even mean? <laughs> all right. Um, but I just want to bring that up. I thought that was interesting. Uh, some sad news this week. I don't know what it calls a death, but Tony Saragusa, uh, longtime Ravens lineman, uh, he worked for Fox on the broadcast team. Died at the age of 55 this week. Uh, that was kind of a shocker. Yeah, uh, I mean, from everywhere, all-around good guy, underrated player. From any, I loved any, him, man. Yeah. It was hard not to like Goose, man. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know if I've ever heard anybody say, ah. I don't like yeah, he was great as a sideline guy. Yeah. Like, yeah. He was in Sopranos? Yes, he was, he in, was Sopranos, in Sopranos, right? That's right. Yep. That's right. Yes, it is. I'm trying to stay with the PG soundboard tonight because most of our soundboard is not. Too, so many, too many onions in the sauce. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, that's, that's a shame to hear uh, about, uh, about Tony Saragusa. So um, best wishes to him and his family as they go through this, this tough time. Um, and finally, and while you were drunk, I hate my face recognition on my phone. Um, oh, yeah, this is the most important story of the week. Well, it's an ugly mug, so I can understand why you'd hate yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, that's not nice. Uh, the Philadelphia Stars are in the champion, the USFL championship. 
Oh, really? How come there's no stars banners? S-P-A-R-S, stars. Is that a Playoffs? Playoffs? That's true, more, yeah. Gabriel Abigail suggests that you need some attentions paid to your butts holes. I don't know what that means, but I guess that's where we're that's where we're at. Um, I haven't watched a single USFL game this year. I watched a half. Yeah, I watched a half. I didn't even know they were still playing. Yeah, I watched a half. It stinks. Does it? I don't. I haven't seen it. No, I it's don't all know. right. It's Isn't not it? the NFL. It's not. But you get football in the summertime. It's it's all right. Where do they play these games at? They're all being played in uh, 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 stadium in Tennessee. It's the end of June. So it's wait a second. It's got to be 98 degrees there. So yeah. it's they're like there's teams from all different cities being represented, but all the games are played in one yes. stadium. That, mm. It sounds but, but like why? a house league. You know, when yeah, like, like you know, sounds like what? I'm sorry. Like a house league when you're playing t-ball, and it's like you know, we're the yeah, red shirts, they're... we're the greens. We're so the... you might you might have a oh, th- man down. <laughs> you may. <laughs> We so lost the, the drunk Phil's fans on so again. So the US, USFL is the is the in-house league of, of professional football. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a tournament. So there'll be like a double header. It's a tournament. You know, there'll be like a double header on like a Saturday. There's like <laughs> 40 people in the stands. Yeah, I should, I was uh, during the uh, Sixers playoffs. I went down to Xfinity Live down at the stadiums, and I was meeting up with uh, drum, uh, Mark Drumheller of uh, Fourth and Go and, and Fox the Gambler. And we're watching. He goes, oh, I got like 50 bucks on us. I'm like, on the Sixers? No, no, on the USFL game. I'm like, what? <laughs> and I'm looking up at the TV, and there's like four people in the stands. I'm like, you, you're gen- like degenerate. Like, are you kidding me? You're betting on this? It's crazy. So it's like, look at the odds. <laughs> yeah, the odds just spoke to me. I'm like, dude, he's still like. And then tweeting. Sean's you know like, all right, here you go. You know yeah. I'm going up to. You know there's fantasy leagues? Yeah. The USFL fantasy leagues. I almost thought I, I, th- I was this close to starting one. I was th- I was thinking about it. I was probably on the same train with you, but I can't name one player in the league. So no, well, I didn't know he one. hate me in the league. No, no, oh, I know wait, one. That was he, from a while no, the ago. one the, uh, uh, McLean. Mike McLean is in it. Oh, and so uh, is um, former Penn State. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So is uh, the the quarterback for the Stars. Actually, he's uh, it's a no name. John Starback. Yeah. Roger Starback. See you next Tuesday, Jones. See you, there it is. <laughs> you suck football league because you couldn't make it in the NFL. <laughs> I don't know. You I, I, suck I, football league. <laughs> 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 All right, so that was uh, that's why you were drunk. I think it's time we bring up. Yeah, uh, I think I'm going to get myself a jam the batter. So uh, there you go. Yeah, Steve could take. So, my spot. Mr. Steve Jelts, come on up, man. Former Philadelphia Philly, joining us in live and in person. Yeah, do you want to? Yeah, we we got to get you up here too. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, come on, come over here. Okay, Chris, sit down. Yep, absolutely. Come on, Brett. Yeah, welcome aboard. Welcome on uh, Corner Plus Sports. Oh, Mike's joining us too. What's going on, guys? How's it going, man? Good, good. So, uh, first of all, uh, Mike, Mike, and Steve. I don't know if your headphones are going to reach. Yeah, if it's I can hear fine. Okay. Um, it's a little tight. Yeah, because yeah. the, the wire here. Oh, that's the only way you, you don't need that. Do you? Yeah, that's it. Um, first of all, you guys had a two-hour drive. Uh, we thank you so much for coming out and, and coming out and being a part of this. And, uh, you know, this is an all-day event. You know, we're a little little uh, disgruntled by the turnout so far. Hopefully more people come out. But it's going to be an all-day event. So we'll see what happens as we go on. Um, but, yeah, we thank you guys so much for coming sure, out today. So yeah, thank you. No worries. Uh, and then thank you so much for, for helping us out and, and being a part of this. And, um 
but why don't you tell us about the Darren Dalton Foundation and, and what everything's about? Yeah, uh, I appreciate you guys having us on. Yeah. It's a great uh, partnership with the Phil, Phil's Drunk Fans uh, Group. And mm -hmm. uh, so Darren Dalton Foundation started in 2013 after Darren was uh, diagnosed, unfortunately, with uh, glioblastoma, which is basically a, a life-threatening uh, brain cancer. And uh, we started the foundation because Darren had uh, you know, been so beloved by the Philadelphia fans and the community. Uh, and it was a way for Darren to give back to so many people who support him over his playing career. So uh, what we do at the foundation is we have a uh, application criteria. If you have a confirmed uh, medical diagnosis of a brain tumor and you can't uh, afford your daily living expenses, mm -hmm. then the foundation is here to help uh, with those expenses. And uh, we do about five or yep. six, yeah. five or six, That's thank awesome. you, thank awesome. you. Do about five That's or six awesome. major fundraisers a year, including our big, uh, golf event at Huntington Valley Country Club on uh, Columbus Day, uh, Monday, October 10th. Huh. And uh, last year we had uh, 225 golfers. Uh, we had uh, 27 holes. We had 25 current and former Phillies, including this knucklehead to my left come out. <laughs> and uh, it's been great. And uh, on our board uh, is uh, John Crook, Mickey Morandini, Danny Jackson, uh, Don Carmen, um, Andrew Knapp, and uh, recently we put Jim Eisenreich on the board. Oh, so, uh, yeah, we just uh, do great things. Oh, that's, it's great support that's of uh, Darren's teammates and, and friends. Uh, so, if I may ask, um, the golf tournament is Columbus Day, October. That's right around the corner from my house. Okay. Um, what, what are the details? Is it yeah. private or is it? can anyone kind of so, go in? So, just go to www.darrendaltonfoundation.org. Uh, we don't take singles, uh, so we, we, we ask that you get a foursome. Uh, right now, we're in the corporate foursome stage. A corporate foursome is 2500 You can also pay an extra 500 to golf with a celebrity like Steve Jeltz. And then uh, ultimately, after we get through the corporate, uh, selling the corporate foursomes, we'll open it up to what we call the regular foursomes, which is $1,500. And, you know, that, that might sound like, like a lot of money, but you get a lot of value for what uh, we bring. We have 97.5 uh, Broadcasting Live at the event. Uh, we have uh, the morning kickoff with uh, Mike Missinelli. We have a helicopter drop of, of a cool 50-50 raffle. Uh, we have the lunch throughout the day on the course, and we have spirits on the course. And then afterwards, we have a great happy hour, uh, live and silent auction, and then we have a dinner. So it's a full day. It's a long day. But last year, we raised over $125,000. Wow, that's awesome. That's awesome. Incredible. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah I might uh, be in Denison down the street, and uh, – I won't, I'm always looking for an excuse to golf. I might have to, uh, might have to hit you up yeah, on that. Yeah, we're so. gonna see you there for sure. Yeah, I'd yeah, love to that'd, see be, you there. that'd be that'd be fun. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It, it's a great great day, and and the day before, because all the players are in town, uh, we do celebrity bartending at the live casino. Hmm. So um, that's at one o'clock that day. The Eagles play at four o'clock. So that's Sunday, October uh, 9th. and the players will you know wear their playing jerseys tells stories, take photographs, gives autographs, and it's just a great way to introduce the golf tournament the next day. Oh, that's awesome. That's great. Congratulations. That's great. It's yeah. fantastic. Thank you. So, uh, Steve and Mike, uh, thank you guys so much for coming on yeah, and coming out. Me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you guys uh, work together. You do a nonprofit. And we'll get into the stories and yeah. stuff. I just want to cover the, the basics yeah, first. Yeah, let's you know? get that yeah. Done. Um, so, yeah, yeah, go for it. Uh, Michael um, Lebo. So, recently we started Primal Sports Charities, and – our goal is to do counseling and therapy at no cost to all student athletes within Pennsylvania. So master's students in college provide therapy to meet their degree requirements. So we're now working with the universities to partner the master's students with the high school students to provide therapy and counseling. 
all at no cost to any high school kid. That's awesome. So and that's we're again, it's a, a multi-sports facility we're opening. Um, and, you know, I, I always tell people if my dad had to pay $2,000 for me to play baseball, I probably wouldn't have played. So, you know, there's a lot of opportunity out there for – I mean, we're, we're going to the top with this one. We're, we're getting the best, uh, best coaches. Um, we'll do coaches' clinics. We're going to train them how to play the game the way it's meant to be played. We talked about that the, you know, earlier. You know, I, I was fortunate and blessed enough to be able to play with all Hall of Famers at 24 years old with my infield being Pete Rose, Mike Schmidt, and Joe Morgan. First pitcher I played behind was was lefty when I started. He told me get your your rest tonight, rookie. You're starting behind me. So, um, and then I had you know I have Gary Maddox and Matthews, and I mean I can go on and on. Tug McGraw, Darren Dalton, and I came up together from Kansas, and so we we've been together long before anybody knew who we were. And uh, so it's it's just about giving these kids an opportunity to be good young people and use sports as an avenue to better their lives. Um, it's not because they're they're not all going to be in the big leagues or in the NFL or in the NBA, but on on that road on the way way to those spots and when you're trying to do that you're trying to get their 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 mindset correct so they know how to be good christian young men and women so that's what we're trying to do that's awesome so where, where can they where can they find uh you guys have a website and stuff yeah it's uh primal sports charities.org and you can find all our information on there that's so yeah we're in the early stages now there's not you can't go on and sign up for any of the classes yet or therapy counseling but within the next month or so our scheduling should be up and Really, when the universities kick back off and all the master students then need to get back enrolled. So this fall, come September time, we'll be up 100% running. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. Congratulations, guys. Good luck Thank with you. it. Thank you. Yeah, I absolutely. just want to say one more thing. It's, yeah. it's just remarkable to me how somebody like you know Steve Jeltz, who uh, had such an amazing playing career and has that, those stories that he could tell you about you know his journey through the uh, Philadelphia Phillies organization. But to be here today, to drive the two hours that he drove, uh, he comes to all of our events. He's here today to support you guys. Um, he, he would give you the shirt off his back. And that's the one thing that I was so struck uh, by, um, both during Darren's playing career, and I was Darren's lawyer for 25 years, mm. so I spent a lot of time with Darren. And then after Darren was diagnosed, and obviously after his, his death, so many people have such good hearts. Steve Jeltz has an amazing, good heart. And all the people that have, we've surrounded ourselves with in the Phillies organization have just the, 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 an outpouring of love and support for people like uh, you and for people like our organizations and this organization, Promise Sports. It's just all about giving back to the community. So big, big yeah. round of applause That's to awesome. Steven yeah. awesome. and what he's doing. Thank you, Brett. Bless you know, people whenever you can. Yep. You have to. Exactly. You know, I, I say it all the time. I mean, Brett – You've been uh, a joy and, and a blessing to all of us. I mean, and I just I didn't know that you were Darren's attorney for so many years, but, you know, maybe we can talk <laughs> you into being our attorney for Primal Sports, too, because we definitely need it. I've already <laughs> given my business card out. All so right, yeah. perfect. There we go. All yeah, right. I'll wave the retainer. All right. See, see he awesome. always, God always has a plan. Right. He puts us together for a reason. Thanks, Brad. Well, while we're, while we're talking about Darren, like, I, I don't know if you've had any personal story. I got to meet Darren a few times, um, but the best story I have with, with Darren <laughs> Uh, we're down in Clearwater. He was working at it as a bullpen coach for the for the Rays at the time, and uh, I was probably 20, 21. I had a black Phillies hat on, and um, and he, he was jogging uh, along Clearwater Beach. And my grandfather used to have a, a condo, so it was a, kind of a private beach. You know, there's no bathroom, so if you live there, you were you were on that beach. He was running down. I'm like, look at the size of this mom. Like, who is this? And I'm like, oh my God, that's Darren Dalton, right? And he comes running over us. And he, I, I was going to say, hey, Dad, Dutch. He looked at me and goes, 
that's an awesome hat. And I was like, Dodge! He's like, you want a picture? I'm like, absolutely. So I got a picture with him. And the, the, the funny thing is, like, you know, he has a shirt off. He's all sweaty, right? And I'm, you know, I'm pretty thin. The size difference between him and I was insane. I'm like, I'm embarrassed to show pi- people this picture. <laughs> like how big he is. I'm like, oh, my God. And then another time I got to meet him um, before a game. He was w- kind of walking along and said hi. And I showed him the picture. And, oh, I remember you, you know. So it was he, both times were I mean, he was just extremely pleasant. And, um, I, I, yeah, he was one of my favorite players growing yep, up. And, yep, yeah. Darren's awesome. Yeah, I love him. We, we know we came up together. Like I said, we, before anybody knew us, we'd, he'd come up from Arc City, Kansas, and, and we'd go to University of Kansas where I played baseball, and, and uh, we'd work out. I had carte blanche there. They let us come in and work out, and then we'd drive down to spring training. You know, we'd take this Toyota Super and the Trans Am and take off for, for Florida, so we'd take that, that 24-hour ride. But, you know, we, we came up, and we came through the, the times before all the big stuff's happening, and everybody know, knew who we were, and, and we had a good time, but we worked hard, and I think – some of that's been lost over time, I think, you know, that work ethic because we have so many analytics and we have so many ways to, to do things now. And it kind of – I think we need to go back to the foundation. Like, you know, I, I was blessed, like I said, to play with Hall of Famers. So, you know, you got Pete Rose on your team, Charlie Hustle. That's how you play the game. And that yeah. shouldn't be lost. And I think, you know, if we get back to that foundation, I think, you know, as, Philly, as a Philly fan now, not only alumni but a fan, you know, I love to see that and see these guys working hard and going hard. So that's what's important. That's, yeah. I <laughs> learn it from the best. I don't know how you can learn from any better than what you had around you. That's mm-hmm. that's absolutely incredible. I mean, especially Dutch was such a a leader, right? Like on and off the field, he was such a you know just it, it just his aura. You know, comes in the locker room and just oh oh you better you better you know straighten you better up, straighten yeah. up. Yeah. You know, it's funny because Darren and I used to we used to run baseball games. I, I I tell my shortstops and my catchers all the time. Michael was a catcher, so his dad. Uh, Mike Lebo Sr. played with the Toronto Blue Jays and the Yankees. Um, he started that nonprofit um, years ago, and his then Michael was the first player on that team, you know, with that team, so with that organization. Um, but Darren and I used to run ball games. I mean, he would he would look at me and I'd look at him, and we communicated. And we kind of knew each other for so long, and we knew what we were doing. I'd tell my pitchers and catch, or I'd tell my catchers and middle infielders, I said, you guys communicate. You guys run this game. You got to tell third baseman what's coming. You got to tell the first baseman what's coming because they can't see the pitchers and the outfielders as well. So your job is going that game inside the game going on is what's going on. And Darren was a – I mean, I loved it when he was catching because we just – he worked the whole team. He handled the pitchers well he did everything well so yeah that's that's a, yeah, that's we, a blessing we had a we had because <laughs> he had the locks, yeah, had the locks. The locks <laughs> <laughs> i think i have one of his one of his old uh, pictures i gotta pull it up oh uh, that's keep awesome going. I'll, I'll, um so i i uh we had dykstra on uh with us a few times and uh he just he yeah dykstra's a character in itself but he had nothing but amazing things to say about about darren and and uh how much of a leader he was and uh, you know, just how like like Dyster was, I think outspoken as well. But he's like he knew when to stop. Like mm-hmm. he knew like when Darren said something, like yep. just quiet down, listen to what he's saying. He he was the captain of the team. So That's right. Um, so That's when right. you were when you were coming up with him, was he kind of the same way? Like was he kind of like, or was he still kind of feeling his oats and trying to? Yeah, you know, Darren was a year, but I think he was one behind me. We'd go down, and I I came to big leagues before he did. I think uh, he might have got a, an invite in September or something. And then we were there September about September of '83. Yeah, okay. '83 so that, we is that what it was? Wow. Yep. We both came wow. in at the same time. But I think he came from he came from Double A to there. 
Yes. He had to that's because right. I was in Triple and he wasn't with us in in Portland. So that's when Darren and I got to come back together. We didn't we didn't play together all year, and then we come back together when we come to the big leagues in September. So that was that's how we came back together. Wow. Yep. Yep. So we had a we I mean, it's been a lot of years with Darren. I mean, you know, we like I said, we we uh, we kind of gelled and we kind of thought the same and like the work ethic. You know, I was uh, I was a football player. So was he, you know, and that's how I trained to play football. I mean, you had to do a lot. There's a lot that goes into football and getting your body ready to, to take those blows. And so, I mean, we trained that way growing up, and that's the way we trained going, going to spring training. Do you have a lot of good nights with Darren? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, 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 yeah. You got the PG. <laughs> No. We'll, we'll stream that on satellite radio. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I, I, I got to tell you my favorite, yeah, uh, yeah. Darren, sorry, because your, yours kind of you know brought back some memories. But you mentioned Lenny, and that's uh, my favorite uh, story with Darren was in 1994. I uh, just uh, came on out of the, coming out of the 93 World Series, and we're at uh, the old Striped Bass restaurant down mm. in uh, on Walnut Street. And Darren and I were out for a, uh, a late lunch, and we're just in there at 3 o'clock in the afternoon ordering some lunch and a girl comes up to the table. She goes, oh my God, Mr. Dalton, you're my favorite, you're my favorite athlete. I, I have your rookie card in my purse. Can I have your autograph? He says, yeah, sure, give it to me. So he takes it out, what, what, what's your name? Lisa, to Lisa love Darren. Without missing a beat, Darren says, hey Lisa, you want my friend Lenny Dykstra's? And he points to me, she goes, Lenny, can I have your autograph? No way. <laughs> <laughs> I, I signed, I signed, uh, it, I signed it Lenny Dykstra. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> now, now she's listening to you and she's looking for you. She, she knew Darren, she obviously didn't know Lenny. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> That's awesome. On the same card, too? Same card. Oh. <laughs> and, and, I, and, I, and I keep looking on eBay. It's that's not there. That's what I was just going to say. <laughs> I'll that's recognize awesome. the signature. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, sorry. So, so, Mike, your, your dad played ball as well, right? Yeah, he was. He was a 1-1 draft pick by the Blue Jays in, I want to say, 79. Wow. Uh, was with the Blue Jays for five, six years, and then went on with the Yankees. Won a AAA World Series with them. Um yeah, my grandpa played with Jackie Robinson with the Brooklyn Dodgers for two years in spring training. So baseball runs deep in the blood, for yeah, sure. It does. You know, I came to Carlisle, Pennsylvania, and and I met Mike through uh, – my father was military, and I was at a yard sale or something with my family when we first moved there. And, and I met a lieutenant colonel, um, and we started talking. By the time I got back to my house, my phone was ringing with a 717 number, and I had no idea anybody, didn't know anybody. And I, so I answered it, and I must have just met somebody at the yard sale, and, and it was his dad. And he said, he said, little birdie told me you were in the neighborhood. And I said, <laughs> yeah, who's this? And he said, Mike Lebo. And I said, Mike Lebo that used to play with Toronto? Well, I remember Mike because I used to steal bases back in the day, and he was a catcher. So, you know, that whole thing. He mm -hmm. said, Jelsey, they opened me with, 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 I mean, they welcomed me with open arms. And, I mean, it's been a family thing from that point on, and that's why we're starting this organization. But Mike Lebo probably is one of the best catching instructors I ever met in my life and had the pleasure of working with. And we work with a lot of kids. So, you know, I'm just really ha proud to know know them. And, and I thank them once again for allowing me to be a part of this. So, you know, we're, we're pulling it together. And we're trying. We all have the same thought, and that's to do something for these kids and try to get them mentally ready for this world. This world's a mess. 
You know, how come we can't? I mean, I grew up working on dairy farming, hunting, and fishing, and you know, these kids now have that internet, and it's just it's taking taking them away from yeah. what is important. You know, and so if, I mean, with God's love spreading around, I think we'll be better. You know. Yeah, I'm having I a battle. Well. I have a six-year-old and a three-year-old. My six-year-old does not want to go outside. He, well, just know, to, yeah. he just wants to play video games, and it's I'm like, ah, like you know, all of us. I mean, all, we're all around the same age. That's all you did was play outside, play on the bikes, you know, yeah, that's like, all play baseball, did. like whatever. Like that's all we wanted to do. Well, you did other things. We don't want to hear your stories. Yeah, Kensington. Yeah, you guys weren't riding bikes; you were stealing them, right? <laughs> hey, you just keep the PG. <laughs> wow, rough, rough, rough crowd. Yeah. Tough crowd. Nah, nah, they, they, they were. Nah, they were. That, that, <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, look for that on eBay. You can find that. Yes. Uh, but no, no. But now nah, they're they're good people. Now nah, they're yeah. Now nah, they're they're good people. But um, but Mike, so like you you play you also played as well, right? Yeah, I played pro ball down in Australia. Played college at Millersville, uh, and then once I got back from Australia, I started coaching at Penn State Mont Alto. So we're at the awesome. USCAA conference right outside of Chambersburg, Pennsylvania. Just went to our. This was my fourth season. And one year we lost one year to COVID, but we've been to the World Series every year. Won our conference this year. It's awesome. So yeah, we're really kind of turning the program around, doing it's good awesome. things. Fantastic. Yeah, thank that's you. great. That's great stuff, man. Yeah. Congratulations on that. Thank you. I that's enjoy. awesome. Yeah, it's all for the love of the game, and I don't know. Baseball's brought me so many blessings. I've got to travel the world through it. So now, you know, I'm going to try to give back to as many kids as I can, and the best way I know how to do that is through sports and through baseball. That's. Yeah, there's nothing better, right? Like, you, yeah. like I, I, you know, like, like I guess my kid's six. I, I did t-ball. Mike, Mike's daughter also played baseball as well uh, this year for the first time, and like just doing. And, and again, they're they're doing coach pitch, and they're doing. You know, if you don't hit it, they put the ball in put the tee. Yep. But just being a part of that and showing them run through the base and do this and do that, the, the little things like that. It was just, it was so awesome. It, yeah. it, it was, yeah. it made me feel good, and I enjoyed doing it. I actually, unfortunately, missed the last three because I got, ended up getting hit with COVID, but. I was a little upset about that. I was more upset than he was. I wanted to be yeah. there for them, for the kids for the last game. But, um, but yeah, giving back just, you know, it, it, it means a lot. Yeah, so. it does. There's not, yeah, not right. like, yeah, yeah. Gary's, Gary's daughter got a game ball uh, last week. So, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, but. Oh, they went in the championship for that? Oh, that's all. Oh, that's awesome. Congrats, dude. I didn't know that. So, Craig, I know you have some questions for Steve, so I'm going to get one of these other guys up to give them a turn. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah go for uh, it. Man. Steve, I was just – like, your time at the vet, what is one of some – something that you – is interesting about being at the vet? You know, we hear about behind the scenes there was, you know, rats as big as raccoons. Was there anything <laughs> you remember about someone who worked at the vet who maybe wasn't, you know, a Phillies player? Some interesting story about the vet itself or your memories of the vet? You know, I, I think one of – the first memory I had, I, I was in Portland, Oregon, got called up. Uh, so, you know, you, you fly back from, from Portland, you know, that's that all-nighter. And, and we had a Sunday day game. Um, and I'm sitting on the bench, and, and I'm watching the game, you know. And like I said, all these guys that I'd mentioned, these are all Hall of Famers. We're talking Pete and Mike and Joe and Gary Maddox and Matthews and, I mean, Steve Carlton, Tug McGraw, all these guys, you know. And I, I'm just kind of watching the game, and, and Smitty comes up. And this is this is this is Philadelphia, okay? So Smitty comes up, and I think there was there was uh, two guys on with two outs or something, and and Smitty pops up to the catcher, and 
I listened to the fans boo Mike Schmidt. Wow. And 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 I remember they I remember they turned around. I remember the manager, everybody there turned around and said, looked at me and said, Welcome to Philadelphia, kid. And then he said, Go to third base. And so, so what have Smitty you done for me lately? Yeah, yeah. Kid Smitty, Smitty comes out of the game. And you know, I gotta say, Smitty handled himself so well. I mean, just imagine the pressure that you have on you. And I played, he was my third baseman for three or four years. And I, I just I watch him, I watch him go through six, seven ice packs every night and and after each game and get up every day and, and he stayed there and then when he felt like he couldn't give his his level of the game to the Philadelphia Phillies is when he re- retired in San Diego and that was heartbreaking. But you know, we had a great time together. And I, I just I, I, I went to third base that day um, and I'm thinking these fans don't know me, and they just booed Mike Schmidt. And I mean, that's just Philly fans. You you boo because you didn't see what you wanted to see, and then we didn't make it. But that's nothing personal. You guys are are knowledgeable of the game, and you love the game, and you want to win. You know, I, I don't know what's going on with it, the analytics and the lawn tangles and all that stuff, and pitchers throwing and not pitching and things that are happening in the game today. I say, but you know, they say, well, the fans want to see home runs, and I say, well, you know. I grew up with the Philly organization, and, and my, my take on the Philadelphia Philly fans is they don't care if you hit home runs. They want to see Ws. They want to see you it. win ball games. If you win ball game, go to the World Series and didn't hit a home run all year, they don't care. Just work they hard. They want to see you win. They want to see you working hard. They want to see you win ball games. And I think that's what's most important, and that's what I get back from what I, what I, what I try to give back, what I learn from those guys that, that – I played with at 24 years old. You know, I, I, I'm still here. God's blessed me to be here. I, I had the brain surgery in 2003, same thing. I didn't mind was non-cancerous, but, you know, you lay on that table and get your skull cut open, it's a, it's, it's a, a life-changing experience, to put it mildly. Um, but I went to third base that day. We were playing the Cubs, and everybody on the Cubs knew who I was. Manny Trio was there then. Wow. Um, Bobby Denier. Um, these guys are coming up to the plate, and they're looking down there, and they know it's my first day. <laughs> and they're all looking down there. You know I got three balls. And, you know, I threw every one of them out. And I'll tell you what, I wasn't nervous when I went out there. You know, not at all. I mean, I, you know, they just booed Mike, but, you know, they, they, I, listened, I listened to them cheer Mike for a lot of years. So, you know, I mean, that just happens. That's our, that's our mentality here in Philadelphia. And I say our because I am a Philly. I went to Kansas City and played, and it just like I didn't fit. I, you know, I, I, they, Phillies call it like it is. Philly fans call it like it is. They just want you to go hard, work hard, and play hard. And, they, you know, they want to see Ws. And, you know, we need to get away from, from – too much of the hype thing, and let's go back to the basics and play the game the way it was meant to be played. Steve, but, that's that 700 hundred level where the fans bought Phillies Franks and got free tickets. Oh yeah, yeah. But yeah. they're still cursing if you don't. Yeah, oh yeah, on. they're on you. They yeah. don't care. Yeah. And I went you the, know, they went to many Phillies games with the tickets for the Philly Franks. I'm telling you, <laughs> many of Philly. Yeah, and, right. and, and and you know, it's funny. It's funny because because I I can I can tell you like rain delays. Oh my lord. You guys that, that come to these rain delays, you know, after a two-hour rain delay and we're starting the fourth inning in at 11 o'clock at night, you know still who all, who, you know who's there? We're still there. You're still Seven there. Yeah. And, and you know you know the, 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 the funniest part about that, I'll tell you a quick one on that one. Um, so I come up to the plate and, and I'm getting in the box and, and, I, and when, when, the, when the stadium's empty, you hear every single word. You know, when the when the stadium's full, people be yelling at you. You don't hear it. 
but when the stadium's empty, it echoes through that whole stadium, and it is clear. So, so I walk up to the plate, and this guy hollers out, Jels, you suck. <laughs> and, and I had to stop. The catcher started laughing. The umpire started laughing. And I stepped out. They said, man, you're going to be all right. And I'm, I'm laughing. I'm like, I said, man, he paid to be here. Bless his heart. I said, we just go out here and play this game. But, you know, it's th those are the times that you just remember, you know, little things like that. I mean, of course, two home run game and, and all that stuff. Those are memories. But just the, the basic stuff and the appreciation that I had for playing in Philadelphia. I mean, I loved it. That's and it awesome. was it was, it was it was such a blessing. I, I thank you guys for having me here. And, Brett, thank you for bringing That's me great. in. And, and, I mean, you know, I, I, every time I come back, I started driving through Philadelphia coming over here, man. I just get this feeling. It's like it's fantastic. You know, I'd love to be able to help them out and do what I can do. If they ask, I'll help. But, you know, at the end of the day, this is just, you know, I love being here and I love what you guys gave to me. It's like my dad was command sergeant major and he had zero tolerance for nonsense. And so, you know, that's, got, that's how Philly fans are. And people say it's hard to play in Philadelphia, and I didn't find it hard at all. I had fun. You know, I mean, I told you the story about diving in the eighth inning with two outs and a man on second base, and we're down by six or seven or eight runs or something, and I didn't think anything of it. Yeah, I'm playing until it's over. And I dive deep in the hole, can't throw anybody out. Next guy pops up, no runs scored. Pitcher didn't get his ERA going through the roof for one inning. And the fans cheered me. And that day when I made those three outs, my first appearance, they sent. I wasn't nervous going out. But I was shaking coming off the field. I mean, they, the, the cheers and the roars on that third out when I threw the guy out at, at first base, on that third out, this roar went right through me. And that was when I felt where I was at. Before that, I was playing the game, and I was looking, I was looking at the home plate. And I'm playing the same game, just got a lot of people watching. And then when I made that last out, Man, it was like they didn't know who I was, and all of a sudden, man, they were like, okay, this one's going to work. And so, I mean, they really welcomed Steve, me. Steve, do you remember a game in 89 where you got the last out by the hidden ball trick, and you got ah. Gary Carter? Oh. Like, it was the only time in baseball history that the last out was made by a hidden ball trick. Yeah, I took some stuff on that one. <laughs> you know, I mean, like I say, you know, I get paid to get outs, and I Philly fans were glad the game was over, too. Weren't you guys all glad that it was over? Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, I wasn't upset about it. W. I'm telling you, they're getting ready. They're getting ready to bring in a pinch runner. He's a tying run, and God, we called him. Uh, Doug Harvey was the umpire oh, at yeah. second base. He was the only one in that stadium that seen me do what I did, <laughs> and he was watching. And he was just kind of sitting back, and and Gary was tipping his hat. It was a league leading double or something, and and so he was tipping his hat. And I'm thinking he's a Met. He's a Met in Philly celebrating. Now we respect the, everything and all the guys do, no matter what. But not, but I'm, not from the match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not that's what match. I'm saying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I know you guys like, it, but no. I turn around to throw the ball back to the pitcher, and the pitcher was kicking the, the rosin bag. He was mad about the double, and so I go throw it to him, and he wasn't looking. So my fingers usually, and my fingers out on my glove, my glove, the my index fingers out on my glove. So I put the ball behind my glove and in my finger and then I turn my glove over so you can see my open empty glove and I'm just standing there and then I'm waiting and he goes to tip his hat and he just switches his feet from on second base to, to go tip his hat somewhere else or something. I don't know what he's doing during the game but he stepped off the bag and I grabbed the ball and tagged him real quick and I mean Doug gave it uh, I mean when he called him out he called him out. Yeah. He, he made a show of it and nobody knew what was going on. And that was, was Gary over. Carter's birthday yeah, too. It was his so. birthday. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was yeah, his birthday. Wow. Happy birthday. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, you know, rest, rest, rest in peace, peace Gary. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 uh, we had our things going on. I went to, I went to Shea, and I remember Juan Samuel was hitting. I was on second base, and I just had this vision. 
That Sammy, I saw the pitch that was coming. Shortstop, you know, I read it, and I already, I've been out there for a few pitches, so I know what's coming. And I said, well, Sammy's going to crush this. And and so I get my secondary lead, and so I, Sammy's swinging, and I start, I broke. If he hits this ball at somebody, line drive, it's a double play. He hits it to Kevin McReynolds in left field, and it's like a two-hopper, and Kevin McReynolds got a good arm and accurate. And Larry Bowles at third base holding me up, and I, he didn't see the jump I got, and I run right through the stop sign. And when I'm leaning forward, that was back in the day when you can take the catcher out. I'm leaning forward, and Gary, I see the ball. When I'm getting ready to lay out, I had a free safety flashback, and, and I hit him, and the ball went to the backstop. My touched the bag. Well, that I mean, touch home plate. Well, I, I ran through that and got that and took Gary Carter out. Which he's 6'4", whatever. He's way bigger than me. And, and everybody was like, whoa, Chelsea. You know, I, I just, yeah, I'm playing the game. I'm playing hard. And, and from, that, from that moment on, in Shea Stadium, you know, the cop comes out of the dugout and he's looking back up at the stands every time we come in and go out. Yeah, pennies and marbles hurt. Because every time I come in and out at Shea Stadium that night, they were throwing pennies and marbles, and I was taking a beating. You know, and it was they didn't like that at all. But, yeah, we had a good time. Steve, um, like, you, you know, you hear players retire, the thing they miss the most, the camaraderie, the, the competition. Um, what's the thing you miss the most about the game? Like, uh, is it being around the other guys? Is it literally playing it? Yeah, literally playing it. I think that's that's kind of what it was. I, I still work out quite a bit, and I mean, might not be able to tell right now, but I still work out quite a bit, and and work with these kids, and have a, and that's where I have my fun and giving it back to them and teaching them how to play the game correctly. And then you know, um, like right now we have the celebrations going on, and you know, dancing in the end zone and all that other nonsense. See, I don't go with any of that. You know, I teach these kids that, you know, you go out there. I'm not sure when the game changed to the point where playing the game wasn't enough and we had to humiliate our opponent and do this thing, you know, about celebrating and dancing and pointing and doing all that. You know, just go out and play the game with respect. And at a younger age, I think I tell the kids that you get in the other team's head when you hit a home run or you do something good and you guys don't get overexcited. You just go back to business. These other, this other team's looking at you like, these guys are like, they're not even getting excited. They're, you know, look out, here they come because we came to play. And then when the game's over, then we'll enjoy ourselves. But while we're playing the game, we respect our opponent so we can respect, show respect in ourselves when we do that. And I think that's what we're losing a little bit. And the, and, and the kids are watching these, these major league ball players and NFL ball players do that. That stuff and they're starting to do the same thing at our level and I put a stop to it it's like no we came out here to play this game you do not humiliate your opponent and you come out here and you give it every single thing you got you leave it on the field when you get done you can rest while we're playing this game we're gonna learn how to play the game and we're gonna play as hard as we can winning and losing I'm not concerned with that not at this level we're not gonna worry about that if you do what I tell you to do you're gonna win more than you lose I promise you but the most important thing is for you to learn how to be good Christian women, young men and women and have fun what happened to having fun for these 10 year olds and 11 year olds have you seen some of the reactions from some of these people at these kids games you would be like in shock it's like yeah, relax like, like parents are going to jail for fighting yeah like it's They're a kids 10 years game. old come on you know, I mean, you it's know. a kid's game all the way to where we're playing. I, I'll tell you right now, and I told somebody the story about Schmitty. He goes, his locker was right next to mine, and, and I, he was all nervous about something one day. And I just don't have that in me. I'm going to have fun wherever I'm at. If I'm not having fun, I'm done. You know, I'm not, you know, God told me to come on, on, on this earth. He's got me here to treat people the way I want to be treated and have a good time and enjoy life and smile. Enjoy each and every moment and smile. Well, how can you 
not enjoy being a major league ball player? How can you? And, and you know, then Smitty told me something one day. I, I looked at him. I said, Smitty, loosen up, man. Why are you so nervous? And he, he looked up at me, and he said, this still, is still the big leagues, isn't it? And serious. And I said, oh, okay. And then <laughs> I kind of I kind of sat back. But, you know, then that made me think. I still had the same fun. Don't get me wrong. He didn't change that. But at the end of the day, that made me think. And even though I worked very hard, Darren and I worked out together all the time and with Gus Heffling and all that. And, I mean, I got to say, I talked to Lee Elia just before he, he just called me, um, just before we, when, when I got in the restaurant. And he, was, he, said, he said he was going to be down um, on the uh, alumni day for the uh, celebration yep. for the 80 clubs. Yep. So, yeah, he's going to be down. But, okay. I mean, Lee is a great man. I, I love, I mean, he was, I, I, he, the reporter got on him. One day, and they, they said, well, you said, who, when the game's on the line, who do you want at the plate? And Lee Elias said, Steve Jeltz. Well, you know, everybody's <laughs> like, Steve Jeltz? He's hitting like 235. He said, that's okay. If the game's on the line, that's who I want on the, at the plate. Awesome. And I thought, wow, Lee, thank you. You know, it's like, you know, and he said, well, you know, you know who you are. He said, and you're not, you're not getting, you, they got a tough time with you when you're when the game's on the line well lee had confidence in me and i think what i try to take from that is if you have confidence in the kids that you're coaching and the kids that you're mentoring then you bring their spirit up and i think that's what the that's what i got out of that little joe morgan told me when i finished playing with him after that first game he said he said you know he said come here rookie and i said so what's up joe he said he said i played with a lot of minor league rookies in my day he said you're the first big league rookie i ever played with Congratulations. So, I mean, that was my first start behind Lefty. And, I mean, you know, just to be 24 years old and have these guys saying these things to you, you just don't even know what it does. I'm telling you guys, it's like, so you mean so much. I mean, even you guys right now, what you're doing, everything you're doing means so much, and you don't even know how much. There's a kid out there that's hearing you right now or talking to you or you've talked to in the past. You don't even know how much you touched him. And, and, I mean, do we have to remember that. And as parents and, and coaches, when we're watching these kids play the game and we don't get so excited to the point where we're fighting and arguing and carrying on. I mean, we got to stop that. we got to think about these kids and we're, we're, we're supposed to be role models. So let's try and be that. Well, you know what, Steve? You saying that, I mean, I'll go back to a story. I mean, it was my older daughter. Well, you know, we're in the playoffs. And, and then the umpire, he's just, he's off. Ah, there you go. He's off. So I say something to him. You know, sure, shut up, that's enough. And now three innings go by. He's, he's doing it again. I say something again. Sure, if I have to talk to you again, you're going to go to your car. I said, all right. So two innings pass by. He's off again. So I say something. Go to your car. I said, all right. So I go to my car. Now I drive up right behind a bullpen. <laughs> <laughs> my car's right behind. All right, I'm at my car. Yeah, yeah. You know, but, you know, it's it's that. It's, that, it's just the emotion. Sure. You know what I mean? So, and, and. You know, my better has, you know, you got to shut up. They're going to make a forfeit the game. So I had to sit in the car, but I shut up. You know, and, uh, but I still got to watch the game. But, you know, but it's just. Well, I, I understand an emotion, and that's one of those I'm things. Not cursing you know that? Yeah, that's fine. Exactly. And, and, you know, that's what the game is. It's a passion. People who watch the game, people who coach the game, you know, you have kids playing the game, you have a passion. And the only thing, I, I don't lose that. For God's sake, don't lose it. That's why I left Philadelphia, because you guys used to chew me up. And I mean, <laughs> but you know what? But you were always behind me, because I played hard as I could play. And I say, I'm doing the best I can, and I'm not going to quit doing that. It doesn't matter what happens. But I think what we, one thing is that, that's big that you mentioned, umpires. You know, they're not perfect by any means. I mean, I, I, you know, I tell my kids, don't you ever 
It's, don't call him ump. Don't you say, Mr. Umpire, Mr. Umpire, sir. We're done. You don't have anything to say to him. You let him call the game. If he's calling bad pitches, then you better start swinging more. You know, I hit it in the eight hole in the National League with the pitcher behind me, so you learn how to hit bad pitches in the eight hole. So right, you, you got to adjust to what you he's adjust calling. to what he's calling. That's right. And if it's close enough for him to call, it's close enough for you to swing. Don't let him be the determining factor of your at bat. When you got two strikes on you, you know he's doing that. Go to hacking, foul it off, hit it bad. I don't care. Swing the bat. So that's what we yeah, have. Yeah, get do. the bat off your shoulder. Don't strike. Don't yeah. let him determine if you're that's striking. That's right. Out. Get exactly. the bat off your shoulder. Exactly. Right. Um, so, hey, Brad, if you don't mind, I got a question for you. Sure. Um, so there's been, you know, some players from the Phillies that that played in the vet. Um, I think you probably know where I'm going with this. That it's, that have had brain cancer. Is there a trend to that? Like, did, is there a connection there with the vet? Do you think? Um, yeah. So, you know, when Darren was diagnosed. Uh, I started getting some phone calls about whether there was a connection between the brain cancer and Veterans Stadium. Um, I've spoken with uh, people that are involved with the Tug McGraw uh, Foundation out oh. in California because uh, obviously Tug uh, passed of the same brain cancer. And then you bring it current to most recently David West, and then you know the, the news and Vuk and uh, Ken Brett and uh, you know and, yeah. and, and and yep and and Johnny Oates. And so, you know, people start asking that question. And, um, you know, I've looked into it a lot, and I want to just kind of be very cautious about my comments because it, it's a very difficult area, A, it's to a discuss. Line. It's a very thin line. And, you know, as a lawyer, I'm going to wear my lawyer hat for a minute. Um, you know, you have a causation issue. Um, that's a legal term. Like, what is really causing this? And, you know, none of the experts can say with any level of definity uh, definitiveness, what exactly is going on. I've heard the jug guns. I've heard AstroTurf. I've heard it all, trust me. And until and unless there's some definitive scientific um, causation link to the brain cancer and these people, it's all speculation. So, you know, it's unfortunate. The numbers in Philadelphia are off the chart. Um, Philadelphia, in, in South Philadelphia in and of itself, has a high level of uh, brain cancer. And whether or not there's something environmental going on in South Philadelphia, I don't know. But it, it is tragic. But until and unless we have more definitive proof, it's not fair to anybody to even speculate gotcha. on, on gotcha. the cause. Right, right. Um, it just, and you would have, if there was something, you would have. Like, have we heard about any of the Eagles that played in the vet? Yeah. So, so and here, yeah, well, here's, here's what you're going to hear. Okay, the Phillies play 82 home games a year. The Eagles play eight, nine home games, you know, if you, if you talk to preseason. So you're going to get that argument. You're going to get, you know, why didn't the stadium workers who worked at Veterans Stadium, did they have high levels of brain cancer or any other types of cancer? What about the grounds crew? Yada, yada, yada. We can talk about this until the cows come home. But, again, until we have some sort of, you know, definitive information that scientifically connects one dot to the other dot, it's all speculation. Yeah, assum assumptions are the mother of all f-ups. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's a great question, and I know it's a hot topic. And you know, listen, I knew I knew David West very well, and David was a big supporter of the foundation. And uh, his passing, you know, just reinvigorated these uh, discussions. And God bless people, you know, for having these discussions because an intellectual uh, topic, um, you know, discussion about it is, um, you know, helpful. But like I said, until the scientists or some other um, expert can come forward and say, this is what's going on, it's just talk at this point. Right, right. 
I want to say one thing. So, you know, you had asked a great question, Chris, about, you know, the veteran, uh, veteran stadium days. And we've heard so many cool stories from Steve today. And I'm going to put Steve on the, on, on the spot in a second. <laughs> so we've heard a lot of great uh, names here today. Boa, Schmitty, Carlton, uh, you, you name it. But, you know, what, one of the things that has kind of remarkably struck me about the Phillies organization is it's such a family, tight-knit organization. And there's so many people that have such long histories behind the scenes that you guys don't even know about that I think, you know, requires some recognition to your fan base. Um, so people like Video Dan. Oh, okay. yeah. Okay, here, here's a guy, Video Dan, that I would say 98% of your listeners have no idea. Did 40 years with the, uh, with, with the Phillies and, and did all of the videography for all of the Philadelphia Phillies minor league and, 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 uh, and uh, pro ball games. And I would call him up and say, Dan, you know, I need this footage from 1984. He'd say, Brett, and it'd I got you. I got you, and it's in your inbox, and it'll be in your inbox in 10 minutes. Like he, the, the archive that wow, this guy yeah. has. And, but, but, but there's so many other people like that, from Debbie Nacido runs uh, mm -hmm. alumni relations, to Larry Shank, who probably had 40 years mm -hmm. as the, as the uh, media director, marketing wow, director. Holiday. What's that? Rob Holiday. Rob Holiday. Um, Mike Demuzio. Yeah. Um, on and on. Uh, uh, Larry, uh, not Larry Shank. The, uh, Frank Frank Koppenberger, who was right. the travel secretary. Frank just retired after 40 years. And the reason I say this is because a they're unsung heroes. B the longevity is remarkable. But C the one thing that I was just remarkably struck uh, by the Phillies. It's such a family tight knit environment. So if we can bring back you know that type of feeling that Steve was talking about. Bring back the game. Get rid of these analytics. Get rid of this, you know, all this, you know, hype. crap, hype. Exactly. Yeah. And just bring back the fun. Bring back the game of baseball, it, you know, and bring back, you know, the, 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 the stories. I think we'll have another 1993 and a, another 2008, 2009 Phillies-type team again. That's a fact. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fact. Great. Very well put. Absolutely. Yeah. But you're not, you're not, that's not going to happen in the next five years. Maybe, maybe, maybe after 10 years, as trends tend to repeat, that might go back to that. But right now, analytics is where it's at. Yeah. That, that's, and it's not going to change. Agreed. Agreed. That's, that's just and where baseball sad. is. Yes. It is. It, um, baseball is probably the one sport, like more than the others, that, it, that it's hurt the most. Uh -huh. Like most sports are doing it now, but um, I don't want it to, like, like I'm here, here with a professional and Brett, who's a part of the organization, just from a fan's perspective, baseball is probably the easiest game. Like, you just go out there and do it. Like, like it's been around since the beginning of time. Like, stop trying to change it. Like, it's played the way it's played for a reason. Exactly. Like, um, so, it's a shame what analytics have, have, have done to baseball. It's, it's just not the same game I grew up watching. Yep. Yep. Steve, it's interesting that before, like now players play multi-positions. You played six positions in the major leagues mm -hmm. at different times. So, like, six out of the nine, you only didn't play first, catch, and pitch, I think. Mm -hmm. Now, like, Part a lot of the bit. guys do that. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I think when I was growing up, we played baseball. And we just played everywhere on the field. I mean, sometimes we only had five guys on each side. Mm -hmm. So you had to spread it out and go out there and play. You know, I mean, we, we just had fun playing the game. And you could play anywhere. And so when they tell me to go play, that's another Leo Ilya story. He told me he, I come in and, and Von Hayes isn't real happy about, about. Stick. Yeah, stick. <laughs> he, he wasn't happy about what was. I didn't read the newspaper. So Gary Maddox, uh, Matthews. 
they told me when I came to Philly, they said, okay, don't read the newspaper. <laughs> they said, you come out here and you play baseball. He said, leave the newspaper alone. He said, come and play. He said, they'll build you up, and they, they don't have a problem with shooting you down. And as a rookie, you need to keep a happy medium for sure. We all do, but I'm just letting you know because I've seen a lot of rookies come in, and that just chew them up, and they can't handle it. And I said, that's fine. So, so I, I, I get a phone. I mean, I, I get in the clubhouse this day, and – and Vaughn Hayes comes over to me. He said, you really think so, Jelsey? And I said, what? Think what? <laughs> and he said, no, you just think that. I said, what are you talking about? Well, the reporter, here he is again, asking Lee. He said, well, he said, who's the best outfielder in your organization? <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, I know where he's going with it. And I'm like, he said, you think you're a better outfielder? And I said, I didn't say that. You know, I'm like, I don't know what's going on. Well, Lee's seen me play in the outfield. And I, you know, back in the day, I ran a 4-2-40, and I had a cannon, and I could play center field with anybody. I stood out there with Gary Maddox, and he taught me a lot. Just watching him during batting practice, I'd go out and take fly ball. So just having natural ability is one thing, but having Gary Maddox and Matthews out there telling you things and telling you here's how you get to jump on the ball, you know, to stop taking the false step and da -da, all that stuff, I paid attention to him. So I made some plays in spring training, Lee saw. And so that's when he told him that I was, he said, quiet has kept my starting shortstop. So that's how that got started. And I was like, but I didn't say that. I'm just playing. I said, I'm going to shortstop. You go back out to center field. Don't worry about, you know, I'm just going to do what I do. So, you know, Vaughn wasn't real happy about it. So we kept talking about it. And then we had a throw off. And Darren was catching at the time, too. So we had, we had a throw-off. So they said, so I, I go out to center field, and, and he jumps in front of me to get the first one. We throw two to third and two to home. And, and then I jog back into to, uh, uh, shortstop, take my ground balls, because I had to have this throw-off. And we had a little thing going on between us, all the players and stuff. So, so anyway, I throw – Vaughn throws his first one, and he throws – like he got a little loop in it, but kind of one hopper, and it's to the left of third base a little bit. And – and I come up behind him, and I throw a dart, one hopper right there on the corner of the bag. And they're like, oh, Jelsey. He said, Vaughn, uh, you're down one. And then he comes up, and he airmails one to third. And it kind of sails off a little bit. And you know, so I said, oh, we're doing that. OK. So I come up, and I cut one loose. And it's right through the shortstop head and hits it, it hits Smitty right in the chest or right in the belt or whoever was third base. It might have been Charlie Hayes. Catches it right there over the bag. And he said, uh-oh, Jelsey's up two to nothing. And then he throws one to home. And when he threw the one to home, he hit the edge of the mound and kicked over to the third base dugout. So I got an easy one here. So I just come up, nice and easy one hopper to kick Darren, that catcher right there over the plate, right on, on the dock, because I worked at this stuff every day. Mm -hmm. You know, I knew I wasn't going to be, I'd be playing shortstop, but I'd go out in the outfield. And that's why I tell these kids, you practice how you, you play how you practice. So I go out in the outfield and I throw balls and I take fly balls and I do that. While I was a starting shortstop, the guys used to come over to me and say, you know, you have a 162 game schedule here, Jelsey, and you're leaving it in, you're going to leave it in the in batting practice ease up a little bit and I'm thinking to myself I got to go out here and do this every day to stay sharp because I'm not going to play out there every day so the last one I threw I cut that one loose and 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 hit Darren in the chest at home plate and then I ah, then I awesome. then I jogged into shortstop and I was like now nah, I'm just going to play shortstop and I didn't have to hear what I was hearing anymore we yeah. let that one go and yeah, it was you over got to respect this yeah that's really it okay. I was like let's I'm not I'm not talking about it I said let's just go out here and do it and see what we do so. How about the journey with switch hitting? Like, how did that uh, come about? Like, was it you? Was it the Phillies? And who helped you? And I'm just kind of really curious about that's, that. that. That's kind of funny because I was uh, – I, I dabbled with it a little bit in the minor leagues, but, you know, I I, uh, I left it alone. 
And I, I remember at the end of a season, I can't remember what, at the end of the 85 season, I want to say, um, yeah. uh, I had all the reporters came out of the manager's office, and I can't remember who was managing but came out of the manager's office, and all of a sudden, I mean, I'm like a rookie, and, and you know, they all come running over to my, to my locker, and they say, they say uh, well, what are you going to do, Steve? The Phillies said they're going to have to look for a left-handed hitting shortstop. And I don't know that nobody in the history of game has ever done that at that level, so I'm not even thinking about it. When I say it I, what I say is what I mean. And so I said, they said, you going to go to winter ball? I said, nah, winter ball's for minor leaguers coming up. I'm not going to winter ball. They said, well, what are you going to do? I said, oh, I'm going to go home and teach myself how to hit left-handed. And I meant it when I said it. Well, hindsight's 2020 because I did it. But, you know, they're all, they're, man, I think that one hit headlines. Jill said, you going to go home and teach yourself how to hit left-handed. <laughs> well, I never knew that nobody in the history of the game had ever done it. Yeah. But I know I went home that winter. And it was two sets of batting gloves, and I got blisters, and I'm hitting off this, off this uh, machine, and Darren's shooting them at me. And, uh, you know, when we were working in the wintertime, and I'm hitting off this machine. And I think it wasn't a, a thing about trying to be able to turn on the ball, because that's natural, you, especially if you never hit right, left-handed before you go on the other side. First thing you're doing is looking for something you can do that with and pull it, you know. Is it like so, the lead arm that kind of – well, is the lead you know, arm that's the it's issue? The same, it's the same – I think – I think I, when I get to that, I'll get to that. Um, I, I, I was te teaching myself how to hit the ball up the middle and the other way, handling uh, the bat. Okay. you got to do that. It's easy to pull the ball. I tell kids that all the time. I say, you know, you power, they call it power alley for a reason. And you, you win ball games by hitting the ball back up the middle. And you set yourself up not going into hitting a whole lot, but you will be a better hitter if you hit the ball to all fields. Pete told me, and Volkswagen, don't get on me about this one, because back in the day it was just a bug. Now Volkswagen's phenomenal. But you said you want to drive a Mercedes, be a pull hit, or be a be, hit the ball where it's pitched. You want to drive Volkswagen, be a pull hitter. That's what he kind of said. So you know, it's like hit the ball where it's pitched, and and I think. Being able to do that and what I teach these kids to do that, me coming into spring training that next year and everybody was looking at me like, yeah, right, you're going to hit, you're going to hit left-handed. So we're playing no less the Royals, Kansas City Royals in spring training. And I get a, my first, my first at bat, the first pitch, I think Quisenberry was pitching or somebody, I can't remember, but, but I'm, I remember standing on, in the box and now I've been hitting left-handed off this machine all winter long. So I'm pumped up about this thing, you know. And he winds up and comes at me and gets ready to throw this ball. And I, my, my first instinct was, oh, because I don't know how to get out of the way from this side of the plate. Uh, that's my first thought. And I was like, oh, that was just like, wow. And I had to, like, reach way down deep to stay in the box because I'd never seen a live arm coming at me like that. So, so then he throws me a couple pitches and he throws me a fastball up and away. And I crush it. And it's in Florida, wind blowing right, and it's a home run. First at bat, left hand. Oh, it, no it, it, it goes. It, it, it went foul, right? Uh, yeah. And so, awesome, so man. then he drops the slider on me. Of course, I struck out, and then I had to hear that from the dugout when I go back. They're like, "Yeah, all right, you're gonna hit left-handed." You know, at the end of that spring, I think I got I got the most valuable player trophy in spring training, and I hit 426. And that's that's awesome. Wow. And that's that's awesome. that was the first. That was, that's yeah. awesome. There's no pitchers hitting behind you, you know, in spring training. You're just out there getting hit. Yeah. So, that's so, a so, big difference. So, you had been playing baseball your, like, your whole life at that point, and just one winter you decided I'm going to teach burn. myself how to hit left-handed. Well, that's what they, Steve. They, that's said, impressive. they said they were going out to get a left-handed hitting shortstop. So, right. I, what do I do? Exactly. Right. I want to keep my right. job. I'm right. going to learn how to hit left-handed. So, that's kind of what happened. 
So uh, I just have to take off and get to another event uh, at 3 o'clock in Center City, but I wanted to thank uh, Steve and obviously the uh, Drunk Phil's fans. This has been remarkable and uh, great support of the Darren Dalton Foundation. I just wanted to end by telling your, your listeners, uh, again, our big events are our celebrity bartending and our golf tournament uh, over Columbus weekend. I just want to read the list of who came last year mm -hmm. uh, or who historically has come to our event. And uh, it, it's, it's kind of a remarkable tribute, not only to Darren, but to just everybody in the Phillies organization that sure. comes out and supports us. So um, last year we had uh, John Cruck, Mickey Morandini, Tommy Green, Danny Jackson, D Don Carmen, Jim Eisenreich, Andrew Knapp. Um, over the years we've had Bill Giles, Dick Yingling, Larry Boa, Charlie Manuel, Dickie Knowles, Dave Hollins, Randy Wolf, Scott Ayer. You mentioned Von Hayes, Stick comes to all our events. Um, Wes Chamberlain, Ricky Jordan, Larry Anderson, Larry Christensen, Todd Pratt, Ricky Bowe, Mitch Williams, Ben Rivera, Del Unser, Pat Burrell, Greg Gross, Vince Vukovic, Tony Longmire, Steve, mm. Mr. Steve oh, Jeltz, yeah, Longmire, Jeff yeah. Stone, Shane Raleigh, Ben Davis, Ruben Amaro was there last year, Milt Thompson, Pete McCannon, the former manager, mm -hmm. Reese Hoskins was there last year, Jamie Moyer, and uh, so many more. So wow. anything you guys, I mean, that's just the kind of uh, people that you can expect to come out to our events. So anything you guys could do to support us, DarrenDaltonFoundation.org. Check us on Twitter, uh, Instagram, or Facebook. I appreciate your time today. Uh, sure. uh, thank you, Thank you. Thank you, Brett. Thank you, Brett. And, uh, Hey, it, was Brett, nice you, it may yeah, be yeah, quicker if he listed everybody that didn't show up. Oh, I know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, I, I thank Brett. I want to say that. Thank you, Brett, for, for doing what you do because he there's a lot of hours involved in the behind the scenes of this, and that, that's what Brett does in this team. So Thanks, thank you, guys. Yep, absolutely. Yes. That's awesome. So, yeah, so, again, uh, if, you, if you're here now, um, there's, of course, uh, you'll see all the items in front of our stage here uh, up for a raffle. That's all the proceeds are going to the Darren Dalton Foundation. And we're also going to do a 50-50. So that'll be after the show. We'll, we'll you know, kind of work into that. So. And I just had the roast beef sandwich and some fries. And, oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, the food's uh, really, really good. So we're going to have a, a, a friend of ours come up. He's a, he's a supporter of Corner Pub Sports. Um, the Booch Bomb, oh, Joe Booch. Good Bucci. for you. <laughs> yes. The, uh, come over here, man. Yeah, come on up. Oh, you get to sit next to good, good. That's that's Joe Bucci, Steve. Nice to meet you. But yeah, Bucci has been a longtime supporter of our show for a while, and yeah, you know what? It's interesting. We we got a mutual friend that invited him to a show. I have two circles of friends. Oh yeah, I know. So there's Joel, yeah, and there's Chris Shrank. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. He was in the fantasy football league with us years ago, but yeah. So we didn't. I didn't seen him in years, and all of a sudden. We had a podcast, and we invited our buddy Joel over, and he brings Booch to hang out. And he's like, I remember you. You were in the fantasy league and this and that. And I'm like, yeah, how about that? And, you know, sure enough, now he's like, now he's one of us that hangs out, listens, and jumps on every once in a while. And, you know, love uh, love the support, and he's a big sports fan and stuff. So, yeah. So you went You went old school like I did. Yeah, for Mr. Jeltz here, right? I, did. I went yeah. old school too. Yeah, just yeah, my, yeah, my Harrington's, yeah, uh, that's you know. I mean, that's a yeah. good player, but I'm, you know. I wish they would go back to it. <laughs> I do too. Oh, yeah, I, love I love it. it. Yeah, that I baby love it. blue is the one too. Yeah, huh? the baby blue. Yeah. And the stripes, yep. They still wear, they wear the baby blues yeah. uh, on, yeah. on Thursday day games, but they don't wear the, they don't wear these. They don't wear the original pinstripes. Nah, pinstripes the one. 
Yeah. So that's the first one I ever wore, matter of fact. This one yeah, right here? Right there. That's it. I knew that. Yeah. No, he did. That's why he put it on. You just made his world, Steve. We're going to hear about this for 10 years. But uh, but but Steve, um, you know, again, I mean, we can't we th- can't cannot thank you enough for for coming out and, and doing all this. But talking about the left hand of hitting, and I know when we had you on our show before, we talked about this, and you were the first Philly to hit home runs from opposite sides of the plate in the same game, correct? Yes, sir. And you did it in the game against Pittsburgh. Yes, sir. Which was the game that the announcer for Walk-a-thon. Yep, <laughs> said that if the Steelers, oh, that game. Or if the Steelers, if the Pirates come back and win this game. I will walk said, from Pittsburgh to Philadelphia. Yeah. If they lose the game, yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. I will walk from Pittsburgh to Philadelphia, and you guys came back and won came that game thanks to your two home runs from both sides of the I play. think Von Stick went down. I was on Stick earlier. He, he went deep twice. I think my first at bat, I walked, and I was on when he went deep. So that's our first. Our, it might have been the second. Yeah, I think he hit two that night, too, I want to say. I'm not sure. But anyway, yeah, we came back. That was a heck of a ball game. But, you know, it was one of those games where I wasn't even, I wasn't even playing. I was, Tommy Hurt was playing second base. Oh, okay. And I was up in the clubhouse, and, I mean, at, at an hour and 20 minutes or so in the first half inning, and I got my shower shoes on and my, just the top like that one <laughs> right there. The one that you had, I didn't have my jersey on. And so when we finally come in, I'm watching on TV, and when we finally come in, these guys' heads are like, oh, man, you know, I can only imagine. Yeah. And so Tommy Hurd gets his – Nick Label was the manager at the time. Tommy Hurd gets his one at bat, and then he says, he says, uh, Jelsey, go to second base. Well, you know, I've been there. Me and Darren been there probably longer than anybody in 89 at that yeah. point. So the guys were like, Jelsey, you're a veteran. Tommy can stick this – he can sit with us. You know, Nick was – he's a veteran too, and he's like taking him out of this game. We're getting hammered and – and these guys are like, Chelsea, he can stick it. I said, no, 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 no. I went back to Smitty. This is the big leagues, right? Yeah, I'll play. And I get to hit in the two-hole? Oh, yes, I'm doing this one. I, I'm out there. So I went out, and, and, you know, the rest is history. But, I mean, it's the, you, you can't get caught up. I think that's what happens a lot in, in sports. People start thinking a little bit more of themselves and, than they are. And you've got to stay humble and just go have a good time. And do what you can do. When somebody asks you to do something, keep your mouth shut and go do it. Go do it. Mm-hmm. Simple yeah. as that. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it was a pretty remarkable feat, though, man, that, you know, to be able to be the first to ever do that. And, and the fact that you weren't even starting in that game, that's, I didn't know that. That's pretty wild. No, yeah, I wasn't yeah. starting. So yeah, Mike's, Mike's dad, John, just joined us. How are you? I'm good, man. How yeah. about you guys? Good, good. Sitting next John? to Mr. Steve Jeltz. Actually, so John, so did – I'm trying to think. So J- John actually played with Rubens, with Ruben. Tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Ruben Jr. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. Yeah. Back in the uh, what was it? Crispin Gardens, right? Yeah. Wow. Right around the corner from here. We. It was funny because he he was like an eight year old on a ten year old team, and he. That's how off, good he was. Yeah. He pulled off one of the absolutely coolest moves I ever seen in Little League, I, I, anywhere a base running move. So he's caught dead in a rundown. What's he do? He takes one giant step to second base, stands up, walks back to first base as the kid's thrown it over his head. <laughs> yep, yep. That's the way you do that. As eight years old, too. Eight years like old. eight years old, he knew, he uh, knew yep. that. Yeah, your, your old man uh, used to talk to Ruben Amara Sr. right yeah. in the stands. Yeah, yeah. They, uh, they sat together when he wasn't on the road. 
scouting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's what he did for us back then. Yeah. That's pretty awesome, though. But, um, yeah, I, I thought maybe, uh, you know, you get a kick out. It's just – it's such a small world and, and the amount of people I, – I had no idea before today that you and Darren had that close of a relationship. I yeah. just – you know, obviously I knew you played oh, yeah. with him, but I didn't know you guys were that close. Oh, yeah, long, long before. It, it's just – it's such a small world. Like, yep. Was that – you stop picking on him about his hair. Oh, man. He is like fixated on it. Show, show him your mop top. Yeah, show him your. There it is. But yeah, I you know so uh, it's just it's so funny how how small of a world it is and and uh, you know again speaking of you know we're talking about Booch and how small the world is. Yeah. And uh, thanks. No, and, and, you know it's it's, it's crazy. I didn't say small. It's <laughs> small the world it is. Tell me, tell me, tell me how you shut your yeah. All right, knock it off. All right, PJ, PJ. <laughs> so Steve, did you ever play with Ruben? No. No, he was a little bit later. He was after, yeah. right? A little after yeah, you. After, yeah. Yeah. yeah how, what did you do? Five years. What? In the in the majors, five. Eight and a half. Eight and a half. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. I know. For some reason, I thought five. I don't know why. Uh, yeah, I don't know why I thought five years, but uh, that's awesome, man. Yeah, so 80, 83 to 89 here, um, and then Kansas City. Yeah, yeah. So. Which was interesting because it's kind of a call back to home. Yeah. Oh, I, you know what? I, like I said, I was coming in town, and I love Philadelphia. It's like, you know, it gave me opportunity to play the game and, and went through a lot and, and – you know, just, I mean, all the guys, I got an opportunity beyond belief, you know. So, you know, I don't, I don't take, take it, I, I take it as a ble- the blessing that it was, you know. And that's why I try so hard to give back. And, you know, I got to thank the Phillies for, you know, they've been in my corner the whole time. I mean, we, we were talking about doing some projects and the Phillies are on board with that. And, and so I appreciate you guys having me come out. And, and I mean, just – just uh, the whole thing just feels good, you know. Yeah. Feeling good show. That's what this is, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there it absolutely. Is. All right, yeah. that's it right there. I'm so, loving it. Um, Mike, your, your your business partner, Mike, who was on a little bit ago with us, uh, he wanted me to bring up a particular story uh, about Bo Jackson and your son in the locker room. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, Mike. Oh, this got to be a good one. Oh, it is. So, so we're in Can- I was in Kansas City, and and when when kids come in the locker room. In the clubhouse, they, they, they tend to just stand. Now, mind you, my son has been in Philly, and I told you who I played with, so, you know, you guys all know who I played with. He's been around this. He's not in awe by all this. Yeah. Now, Bo was a three-year rookie to me, okay? Like I said, I'm 63 now, so Bo was a few years behind me. But, I mean, most phenomenal athlete mm-hmm. I ever had the opportunity to play with. And I say that because I, I, I say it, I played with – Anybody you could probably name as a Hall of Famer or whatever, but as far as a natural athlete with a, he's incredible. Yeah. So, so, so Justin, my son, comes in the clubhouse and in Kansas City, and and he's he both see he every time a kid comes in, they'll stare at Bo, and Bo will turn around and say, "Who are you looking at, boy?" <laughs> and and you know they just jump and kind of run away, <laughs> and and so he said that to my son, and my son looked at him and said, "You." <laughs> And, and so then Bo says, Jelts, come and get your son. I was like, yeah. I said, you're on your own there, you know. So so they play every day, him and Bo. Every time he comes in the clubhouse, him and Bo are boxing around and doing all that. Well, Justin stepped into one one time oh. and 
caught a oh, left no. hand oh. from Bo center mass <laughs> and landed right on his butt. And I kept telling him every day, stop messing with him. <laughs> and so he starts crying, and Bo's locker is right across the, the clubhouse from mine. And, and I saw what happened. I wasn't really happy about how it happened. Sure. But at the end of the day, I t- I'm teaching my son a lesson, too. So I'm like, yeah. I said, uh, he come running over me crying. I said, why are you crying? I said, he's a... He's the fastest, most powerful athlete that I've ever had the pleasure of meeting, and you're trying to fight him. What do you think is going to happen? <laughs> okay, so so we go to Seattle. So I'm riding home that night at the, at the end of the game. My son usually it falls asleep in the, in the seat. We got about a 30-minute ride back to the house, and, and so he usually falls asleep, and he didn't fall asleep. I got the I got still I, moping. I, oh yeah. I, oh he oh no he's not moping. He's 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 hurting. He's plotting. Oh, oh no. <laughs> and I'm thinking, uh oh, this boy got me. Oh my lord. So I, I'm thinking he I, I got the music playing and it's dark and and so I think he's sleep. And he says, Dad, and I like turn the music. Down. I said, Man, you're not asleep. He said, He said, How can I get Bo back? And I said, Oh. <laughs> I said, Leave it alone, man. Just leave it alone. Don't bother Bo. Leave it <laughs> tell, alone. Tell him the Raiders cut you. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't mess with him. So so we go to Seattle family trip. Okay, so I'm, they put me out in right field, and John Watson comes up to me and he says, "When they put you in outfield in Philly, where they put you? Left field or right field?" And I said, "They put me in center." He said, well, I can't take Bo out of center, so I'm, I'm going to put you in right or left. And I said, put me in right then. So we got George Brett on the line. We got Frank White playing up the middle. We got the winning run on second base and one out. And Saber Hagen's pitching. And Junior's, I think, a junior hitting. And I get a screaming ground ball straight out to me at right field. And I just came off the bench, right? And I'm thinking, I'm thinking, ugh. I said, so I, I'm standing out there thinking about what I'm going to do before this ball comes to me. So as soon as the ball's hit, now a manager, our third base coach, sends his runner based upon the fact that if the outfielder has the ball in his glove before the runner's foot hits the bag, he holds him up. If he, if he, if he, the the outfielder doesn't have the ball in his glove and his foot hits the bag, he sends him based upon his speed, of course, and the way he knows his runners. Sure. So my thought is, I'm going to get this ball quick as I can so he didn't even try it. Mm-hmm. So the ball's hit, it's a screaming worm burner. And, I mean, George is on the line and Frank's at the middle. It's just me. And so I take off, run this 4-2 toward the ball. And I, and I get to it, I come up, nice, easy crow hop. And I know I got to that ball before he got to third, like a step and a half probably. Yeah. And I come up with it, and I nice and easy throw to, like batting practice, you know, our butt, like infield when we're taking infield. Nice and easy one hopper, and I could throw the ball. But I didn't even throw this one hard. I'd like 70% one hopper to Darren because I know he's holding him up. So I let the ball go, and I look, and the, the third base coach is sending him. Oh, and no. I'm like, so I'm watching, and then I, you know, I'm watching when I first let it go. I'm watching him, and oh. I'm like, I didn't even throw that ball hard. And but you know, he Darren catches the ball one hop, and the third, the guy running from home, he stopped halfway, you know, three quarters of the way, and Darren walked over and tagged him because yeah. he was that far out. So uh-huh. I turn and look, and Duke is on and say he not he he doesn't know I work at this every day. Right. So you know, the third base coach was the was the uh, manager for the Blue Jays when I was in Spartanburg, South Carolina. I think we went to Asheville or wherever we played the Blue Jays in a ball, and he didn't know me. He knew me as a second baseman. So now that's the last time he had seen me. He had never seen me anywhere else, and this has been years. So, so he's coaching third base, and the reason why he came up to me later, he goes, man, when did you learn how to throw the ball like that? And I said, like, well, I work on that every day. He said, he said I just knew you are second baseman. You're going to throw this ball, and it's going to be sailing off, so I just sent him. And so we, we hold him up. Well, we come back, and we win this ball game. Well, that, that stopped us from losing the game. So when, we're, when we go back into the clubhouse, 
and we had a big buffet out there and a lot of food. And so I'm, I'm standing in my locker and the reporter's over there talking to me about the throw. You know, man, you made a good throw to home and da da da. I said, well, thank you. And, I'm, and I watched my son duck underneath me. And he's moving pretty quick. And so it just made me take a look at him. Uh-oh. And I said, what is he doing? And then I look a little further ahead, and I see Bo Jackson's over here getting his plate of food, and he's got on uh, like a Speedo. And you're supposed to wear shower shoes in the clubhouse, but he don't wear it. He, Bo, Bo's carved out of stone. I mean, he looks like, like this statue. I mean, <laughs> Bo, Bo's carved. I mean, he is. And so I see Justin going around, and I'm thinking, I didn't even think nothing of it at that time either. Well, probably two years before that, he was playing with me. I'm playing with him, and we're boxing around. And he hit me, and he hit me in my lower back. And he's seven years old now while we're in, 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 uh, in the clubhouse this day. Yeah. But he was five when he did that to me, and he hit me in my lower back, and it hit a nerve, and my knees buckled. And I told him, I looked at him, I said, boy, don't you ever hit me like that again. I said, don't you. I said, that's not funny. That hurt, Dad. I said, don't do that. So he goes around behind this thing, oh, and he no. sneaks up, and Bo's got this tray <laughs> buffet style with seafood and steak, I mean, piled up. And, and I see Justin walk around, go around this corner, and all of a oh, sudden, no. I see Bo go down. Oh, no. <laughs> and, this, and this tray hits the edge of the thing, and it falls all over him. But Justin had hit him in his lower back, and his knees buckled. And it took him a second to get up. Now, Justin was faster than me. He's seven, so he was quick around that clubhouse. And he runs in, and he gets behind me in my clubhouse. I mean, my locker is probably, you know, eight, <laughs> eight feet deep. You know, you go it goes back, you go, it's one of those walk-ins, and my bats are lined up on this side, my helmets are over here, and he comes running around here and Bo hauls out, Jelts! He said, I'm whooping your son. And I thought, <laughs> So I would grab a baseball bat and I stick <laughs> it on my shoulder. And I'd been telling Bo, I said, Man, you gotta let him win every now and then. Before he he dropped him, mm. you, you know, in Kansas City. I said, You gotta let him win every now and then. He said, Man, just keep him from over here. I said, I'm just telling you. He, he been thinking about it. He asked me. What he could do? He's, pl- he's been plotting he's been for plotting. two months. <laughs> yeah, and and I'm like, I forgot all about it. You know, I'm not even thinking about it. He's, he's seven years old. We, you know, so so he comes running around to that to to my locker, and and he's mad. And this reporter steps out of the way. Bo was mad. Oh, Bo's oh, yeah. hot. Brother. He's oh, hot, man. And I put this bat up on my shoulder, and I just looked at him, and I think he understood. That's my son. Yeah, you and hit so, him earlier. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, I said, I told you. He said, I'm whooping him. I said, uh, No, you're not. And I had that bat on my shoulder, and Bo looked me in the eye. And this is funny because it's probably a month later, and he comes over to me and in the clubhouse. And he goes, he looks at me, and he goes, Jels, you were going to hit me with that bat, wasn't you? And I was like, man, I said, don't even talk that's to me about kid. that. I said, that's my son, man. I, you it. know, I said, you know, yeah. And, I, and I, I, said, I said, I looked at him. I said, just thank God that you didn't keep coming. Let's put it that way. I said, God was watching over both of us. Because, I, I, you know, I was at the point where I'm standing here looking at this monster. And he's coming after my son. What yep. do you do? Yeah. Bo knows what a splinter is inside of his head. Oh, my. <laughs> you, know, I, you know, like I said, to this, to this day, I thank God that, that nothing happened there. I'm thinking that Shoot. one stopped because I know me, and, bit, yeah. and that ain't that's a good kid, thing. You know? Yeah, yeah I, you know, and I was, I, yeah, I got to draw the line. And, you know, but Bo respected that, too. Yeah. And he just let it go. And, and after that, they got along fine. I mean, he, I was waiting for him to drop him again. <laughs> yeah, I'll bet. I said, you're going to get popped. You better leave him alone because he ain't happy with you. But, you know, that day went by. And that, that's the story Michael wanted to bring up. So, you know, I don't usually tell that one, but I guess the whole world knows that. <laughs> did, your, uh, did, did your kid play ball? 
Yes, he did. He did? played. He played, but you know, he went through a lot. You know, and and I gave him. It's another one of those things with my son that he could have played with anybody, and I got him a tryout with the Phillies, um, kind of private tryout. He flew out, and I mean. You're talking fast. I mean, his mom was a track star, and I could run. I mean, and your nickname boy was, was Jet, so he was faster oh than my, you? Oh, he was faster than me. Yeah, wow. I, yeah, that boy wow. could go. And, and you know, he, they, they Phillies didn't seem like they needed him at that time. It was just a bad time or whatever, so he didn't get a, get a shot at it. But mom and dad, my mom and dad, his grandma and grandpa spoiled him. And that's what we see it in this world right now. Because I told him, I said, how do you – I wouldn't know this? anything about that with no, my kid. No, no, no. <laughs> it's, like, it's like I told him, I said, you – Dad, Command Sergeant Major, didn't let me get away with anything. But Justin, he gets away with everything. And now he's doing really well. I mean, he's – I had to get on his tail when he was 31. I said, okay, we're done. You're going to get a job. You're going to do this, this, and this. And he, he was pretty mad at me about it, but I didn't care. And my, I told my dad, I said, why do you let him get away with it? He said, that's not my job. That's yours. And so, you know, I said, but you guys had him, you know, I, yeah, come on. Why were you so hard on me? And then yeah, all of a sudden, yeah, let him yeah. go. Yeah, yeah. But, but you know, they, they, they blessed him, and, and he's, been a, he's a good kid. So he's, he's, he's getting his stuff together now, and he's doing well. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's good to that's hear. That's fantastic. Yeah. You got, I actually, I have a couple questions. Yeah, go, go ahead. Um, I guess if you had to pick one moment that sticks out in your, in your, in your head being with the Phillies – that you, you know, you always go back to that moment. What, what was that? What was your favorite part or favorite moment um, being with the Phillies? You know, I, if you ask me that question right after I finished playing, I wouldn't have an answer. And now I, I watch, you know, reactions. Because when I played, people used to ask me, well, did you get autographs from Pete and Lefty and Tug McGraw and all these. I never thought about any of that stuff. I just went and played the game, you know, and I was, you know, I learned from them. What I got from them was so valuable. What I could, what I have to, to share with these kids now, that's where I'm coming from. Even with the current Phillies or whatever, if they ever ask me to do anything, where I'm coming from, it's a way to play this game and a way to approach it. From the time that you get in the car to go to the stadium and even before, and then you get to the clubhouse, and we were communicating, we were talking. I don't know, I see a little bit too much of the, again, the Internet, and we got headphones in before the game. See, if I'm, if I'm managing and coaching, this is a job, number one. But this is your team, number two. So we need to spend time with each other and get rid of the phone when you walk in the clubhouse. Yeah. That's a done deal. Let's, let's get down to business. And let's do. Let's talk about what we need to do. I think what I learned from Pete and Joe and Gary Maddox and Matthews and all those guys, um, and Michael, Michael Jack, that you know, like after the game is when you win ball games. You know, after the game, we go right there, fresh in your mind, and we talk about what we need to do and what we should have done and how we should have handled this differently and all that. I went down to the clubhouse a couple years ago when Juan Samuel was there just to visit with him, and and I walked in the clubhouse and. He was there by himself, and it wasn't 15 minutes after the game. Wow. And I said, dang, Sammy, Whoa. where's everybody at? And then he says, it's not like it used to be, Jelsey. He said, you they know. Just had, they just split. Yeah, and so I said, you know, my, my biggest thing is, and, I, you, know, I, you know, I might be talking out of turn, but my, my whole thought is I'll tell you what we used to do and what worked. And I learned this game from the best to the best and had the opportunity to play with them and be managed by the best of the best. And I will say that, you know, what we need to do is concentrate on the job that we were hired to do. This is a kid's game. So we need to go out there and have fun. But, but you, none of you can say that you can go to your job 
and be on your phone the whole day or you're going to get fired. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. interesting because we, uh, we had Brett Myers on one time, and he was talking about the, the, uh, basically the mentality of some of the other pitchers had. And the one that stuck out to me was Cole Hamels. He said Cole Hamels, you can walk up to Cole, had no idea. Like he was so cool, calm, collected, his normal – he's a California kid, yeah. very – walked up and talked to him. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah I watched the show last night. Blah, blah, blah. Don't, aren't you pitching today? Oh, yeah, I got it. You know, but yet there was other pitchers, and I think Brett was included because he said I was guilty of it. You know, Brett, that he was like, I don't want anyone to talk to me. Leave me alone. And he kind of went in his own his own little kind of thing. And, that's and the way that, I mean. Like, that's the way it was when I was playing. Yeah, I know. I yeah. Growing up, that's the way it was. Like, that the, you leave pitchers alone. Yeah, the starting yeah, pitchers, just, there, you leave them alone. Like, well, you know, you, the starting pitchers, let him do his thing and get ready for this game. Yeah. We need him to be on point. And then at the end of the day, we didn't we, – when I say communicating with each other on a daily basis, that's – I got to talk to my second baseman. I play catch with my second baseman because we have to have a double play yep. combination that's yep. going to work. And we got to know each other's moves without saying anything. And, yep. and my infield, and, you know, I mean, we have to talk to each other. Outfielders, when that ball goes to the fence, I watch it to this day. I watch guys. I teach my guys. When the ball goes to the wall – Middle infielders, get on your horse. You get out there and you handle the ball all the time. Outfielders need to turn around and not have to make a long throw. Mm-hmm. They make a short throw mm-hmm. to you and then you make it. That's how mm-hmm. you get them an assist. They give them, give them a target to hit. You know, so it's just all those little things that we talked about daily. And, I mean, every night after the game. And I think that's, that's kind of what I think when I see guys out out on the field before the game and they got the earplug, you know, the earbuds in and they're out there. How do you do that? You're getting ready to play a major league ball game. You got to be talking to each other. I can't stand that. You know, and I mean, I'm saying this and I know probably people don't like hearing what I'm saying, but it's a fact. Yeah. And and it needs to be, if you want to be the best of the best, then, and you want to play with the best of the best, then, and and you're playing against the other guys in this league and all these guys that are playing right now are great. The team that right, ends up right. in the playoffs in the World Series is a team that plays best together, the best chemistry. And, you know, that chemistry starts with you guys, you know, going out to eat together and, right. and you know, on the road and, and talking to each other in the clubhouse and hanging out with each other. And, you know, that's how you win ballgames. Yeah. Because everybody at that level can play. Yeah, the yeah. Phillies um, in the late 2000s when they won the World Series, like that run they had the from 07 to 12, 13. Right. Um, they were a family. That court – that there was so much chemistry. Oh, yeah. Utley and Rollins knew. The Utley and Rollins combo, man, you just watch them every day with their handshake. I mean, I know the handshake doesn't always matter, but, I mean, like, they just look like they – they were they all knew, like yeah. they knew oh, where yeah. the other one was going to be at any yeah. given time. Like that, and, and you don't you don't get that long kind of run if you don't have that. Yeah, I'm telling you, look at the A's when they had that, that run for so long. I mean, same people there. These guys are all, like – if you're playing, the longer you play together, if you start breaking teams up and bringing new guys in and doing that thing, you know, you got to get a chance to get the chemistry set. Yeah. Steve, we've, that's we've, what's wrong like, with the Sixers. Like we've, that's what's wrong with the Sixers. Th- we talked about it with the Phillies. It's, it's, you know, each year they don't have the farm system. It ends up being hired mercenaries, and this is why they're on a 10-year drought right. is because they – they bring in people over and over again, but they, they never have the continuity. Yeah. yeah, well, you know, it's about having confidence in your in your organization. I think the Philly organization, I, I probably the best out of them all as far as when I was coming through, they used us. When we came up, I got the opportunity to play, and that's what they did. And so I don't know. Yeah. I, I, don't, I, I don't get involved in all that now, and yeah. I don't know what you're saying. They're bringing people in or whatever, but, I mean, I'll tell you right now, it's a foundation. We learned they called us the fighting fills for a reason. I can remember in Spartanburg, South Carolina, playing the Yankees, and these guys were monsters. I mean, I was 21, and these guys were monsters. This is my first year, and these, we got into a fight with them. 
And they <laughs> taught us that. They taught us how to do that too. Yeah. I mean, it's like you're supposed to go out there and grab a guy from the other team and break this thing up. And I mean, we had guys yeah. from Venezuela and Panama and Dominican, and I mean, we got one of my guys got hit twice, and the second time made him he rushed him out. The first time, the second time made him promise that he wouldn't rush them out, and he took one step out and turned around and center points the catcher. That's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Actually, Steve, a quick question. I don't mean to cut you. No, but, you're good. But a, but a quick question since we're on that topic. Last night, Bryce Harper gets popped with a pitch. Didn't look intentional or whatever, but you put our best player out most likely for the season. Should there be a retaliation today? No, no, you don't. Yeah, I agree you're not doing them. that. I, I, I don't. There, there's no, there's no room in the game for that retaliation thing. I mean, you know, you go out there and play yeah. the game hard and go out and win. That's enough retaliation. That's what I say. I, you I know? agree. And right. I don't think they did. Nobody, no pitchers going out there trying to hurt somebody on purpose. That's right. not going to happen. Right. Yeah. And, and Snell you know, immediately. You can Snell when he threw. He's like, he's oh, like, oh God, I'm yeah, sorry, you know, yeah. You know. There's, there's no room in the game for that. And I, I'm not going to say there is. And and listen, the kids listening and think that's the way you do that. Yeah. You know, we go out there and we say a prayer before the game and hope everybody comes out safe and uninjured and we play go hard and have a good time. And you know, after that, we just let it be what it is. And yeah. So, yeah, yeah, so yeah, speak. We were talking about cutoffs earlier, and it just it, it sparked something because it, it was it, it came up last week or a week before uh, in a broadcast I was watching. It wasn't a Phillies game; it was another game, and they were talking about the cutoff guy going at the second. The shortstop went out, and they were and I, maybe I'm wrong here, but the fundamentals. The the guy uh, the shortstop his back was to the catcher waiting for the ball to come, and the, the announcer whoever it was was like, "That's not how you should." He should be kind of side, you know, yeah. kind of more towards the side, so that when he gets that ball, he's already positioned to throw it home or throw it to third or wherever he's throwing it. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, one, if it depends on where the ball was hit. If it's hit directly to the center fielder, it was like left center. So he so was, it's a gap. It was like left center. So gapper, yeah, yeah, so you're, you're going out. You're the lead guy. You got you got a you got a. Um, your second baseman is a double relay is what we call it. So mm -hmm. the second baseman, in case the ball is high, mm -hmm. if I have to jump for it, I let it go. Yeah. Okay. Because uh, right, right, my right. second baseman's going to catch it. Right. If it, if it's going to short hop me, I let it go because he's going to get a good hop by double relay. Okay. Mm -hmm. The first baseman's following the guy that hit the ball around, making sure he touches first base, and then following him in the second. So he's going to be on second base. Mm -hmm. He's going to be covering second. Um, as far as getting ready to catch the ball, you got to wait until you see the flight of the ball. So being being parallel or, or perpendicular with the with the outfielder and his shoulders not, you can do that. Until you see the flight of the ball, okay, and then okay. you position yourself to where you're going to catch the ball moving toward home plate. Yeah. So you catch it on the side, like he said, and then come up and let it go and get rid of it. You don't. Yeah, okay. No steps. When I, you catch the ball, you're catching it. You're making your step when you're catching it, and you're letting it go when you right away. Yeah. It's that glove hand transfer. But again, that's one of those things where I don't know. They don't even. They don't even do infield anymore but in spring training i'm sure they work on it but you know it's all those little things that matter when i see guys catch fly balls and they catch them all nonchalant and it's like two way, hands hot shot you know well, yeah yeah, catch it. yeah yeah well you know how about we do this like there's a man on base every time mm -hmm. so when there is a man on base it's not new to you it's not it's got to be automatic you're getting behind the ball you're getting ready to be coming forward when you catch it catch it over your throwing shoulder and yep. come back and throw you let, let the ball go don't catch it drifting away 
catch it coming, get around the ball, get behind it, and catch it coming in. Even on a routine fly ball, you might have a guy tagging up. If you get used to doing that and coming in, you might just be tossing in nobody on, but get used to doing it. You know the great part about it? So Steve's explaining his feet. Pick his the feet are happy. <laughs> He's yeah, happy yeah, yeah. his feet. He's like ready to. He, he wants to yeah. get out there. Well, you know, it's just how you. I, I teach kids, and that, you know, yep. God blessed me to be a teacher. Thank God for that. Thank you. Um, but I picked up every little bitty thing. Hell, I wasn't even in the training room. You know, I, I, hell, I taped up Smitty's angle before I think Pete's, or I can't remember who guys that were in there, but there were so many guys in there then. I mean, I'm talking. Pete Rose, Joe Morgan, Mike Schmidt, Gary Maddox, Matthews, Tug McGraw, um, Jerry Kuzman. Um, I mean, I go on and on. These guys, I was 24. These guys are hurting. They've yeah. been playing for a while. Yeah. There was, I've never seen so many ice packs in my life. <laughs> I mean, ice packs, everybody had Mike had five or six on him every night, yeah. you know, yeah. and on both knees and his elbow and his shoulder. And, I mean, guys have ice packs. And I learned ice is the best friend you can have, yeah. kid, because we got to be ready to play tomorrow. So that works. You stop the information now. That's, and That's got to be such a grind, man, 162 Oh, games. I'm telling yeah, you now. You know, you, I, I say I play eight and a half years, and, and I start to feel my knees a little bit now. Yeah. But, you know, and I, I get gel injection shots in them like once every year or two. And, and that helps. It just cushions the knee. I don't like the cortisone and all that other stuff because it damages cartilage. But, mm. you know, if you do it too much, I guess my neuro, uh, orthopedic surgeon just told me. But at the end of the day, these guys, when we talk about these guys being tw- playing for 20 years, yeah. and these guys, man, I, you, I, you know, I just want to let you guys know, these guys that played for that long, they gave it all to the game. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, I bow my, tip my hat to every last one of them. Yeah, there's one that's going around now, and I, the, you know, I think I agree. He's not getting the recognition I think he deserves. Um, Albert Pujols was playing his last season, and um, well, my, you, yeah. you don't hear about it any. I mean, he, he this, I think, 18 years. Yeah, you know, um, I don't, I don't think the average person knows what that grind is all about. But, right. you know, you play, you go to spring training in, in February, you start working out at, right after New Year's. Yeah, and so yeah. you go New Year's, and then if you're in the postseason, you're in October. Mm-hmm. So this Almost. is like you get a month off, and you're back at it, and you got to mm-hmm. get your body ready to play. Yeah. And so it's tough. It's a grind. Yeah. It's a grind. Yeah. And and you know, again, if you're a catcher, oh my goodness, yeah. you know that's tough. If you're if you're uh, uh, an infielder, like I'm on the ground all the time diving, mm-hmm. and you know, and got guys coming in taking my left leg out all day long, and you know, you just make you you learn how to do it, and yeah. you deal with it. What are, what are your thoughts about the? Uh, because you know we, we talked, I know in the past, I you know I learned a little bit today about the, you know today's game and how it's changed, but it's become kind of a hot topic with catchers, with the whole one leg philosophy behind mm-hmm. the plate, and you're seeing a lot more pass balls. You're seeing instead of the instead of the crowd, you know the crush right. that we're, we're used to seeing, but it's probably saving these guys' knees. So like, it, it's kind of a double-edged sword because you know these players they're in the game to play for a long time. They're hoping to, but. I think it's hurting the team as well. So, like, I don't know. Statistical. I mean, the numbers show. Oh, yeah. There's more wild pitches now than there has been in the past because of this. They're also throwing a lot harder, too. They are throwing harder. And wilder. They are throwing I, I, harder. I, I, yeah. I would say I, I don't know if they're all throwing harder. As a, you know, I can start bringing up names for you that throw hard. Yeah. yeah. Roger Clemens, Randy Johnson, Nolan Ryan, uh, J.R. Richards. I can go on and on with names that throw yeah. hard. I but think, I'll say control yeah. right. is the issue at this yeah. point. Sure. Yeah. Control is the issue at this point because I'm telling you, these guys used to pitch on the corners of the plate back when I was playing. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, uh, you get one good pitch to hit in that bat, 
you better hit it. Don't foul yeah, it off because these yeah. guys were good. And then you got Necro throwing a you, – you got these ne- – yeah. I faced Necro brothers right here. Phil, Joe, I don't remember. Phil. But anyway, I feel <laughs> – yeah, yeah. yeah, so I face him, and I'm standing – these guys – I mean, I never, never forget Pete and Joe laughing at me. But, but I'm standing there, and I'm just hitting right-handed at the time. And he throws me a knuckleball, and I see the seams. This ball did not spin not one little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, oh, I'm going to crush this ball. And I see this ball coming, and I go to swing at it. It about hit me in my head. <laughs> <laughs> I, I ended up on the ground, and I'm swinging, and I'm laying on my back. And I'm like, oh, my God. And, and I remember Pete and Joe and them saying, yeah, welcome to the big leagues, Rook. And, oh, I, you know, I, there's a reason why that catcher's got a glove that looks like <laughs> yeah, a It's like, yeah, it, it was, it, there's a whole big difference about that. Nowadays, pitching and throwing, and and I mean longevity. I mean, I heard a, I, I just heard it. I didn't see it, yeah. but I heard that they there was a kid that was had a no hitter, and he came out in the sixth inning or something. Yep, it happened quite a few times this year. So it, it happened yesterday. Oh, oh yeah, happened, yeah, that's the, right. the, the, the Yankees game. Yeah, the Yankees yeah, game. The, the kid from the, 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 oh, the kid well, from the Houston Astros went seven. He um, no hit baseball. He he had one walk. He had 115 pitches, but I don't uh, care. He's throwing. You know what? Let me tell I don't you care. He's, he's throwing a no hitter. I'm putting him back let, out there. Let me, let me tell you that there's a problem with that. I'll tell you what. Just picture this. Picture Nolan Ryan or Randy Johnson having no hitter, and you go out there. I'm not the one going. Don't yeah, go out I'm there not, on yeah. that mound and try to take him out of the Bob, game. Bob Gibson or Carlton? Uh, yes. Yeah, or Lefty? Yeah, yes. Sit, 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 sit down, manager. I'm not yeah. coming out of this game. Sit I'm down. I'm not doing it. And, and at the end of the day, the, the, I'll tell you what the difference is, is as many years like Nolan pitched for 20, you know, and he threw hard the whole time, mm-hmm. you watch the work ethic. You watch how much Nolan's legs were huge. Yeah. And, I mean, he knows how to pitch, and he's using his body. That pitch count thing they got going on, yeah. it's, it, if you're throwing with your arm, yeah, you can only throw so many pitches. If you're throwing with your body, and I, if right. I got a no-hitter going, I don't care how many pitches. I got to leave me alone. Right. I want to yeah. finish this game. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if you're doing the right thing with your body and you're preparing yourself to play a 162-game schedule or have – 20 or 30 starts or whatever, you know, if you prepare your body for that. And I'm not saying these guys don't work hard. I'm not trying to say that. But prepare your body for the longevity of it because that's the only way we knew it back in my day. We didn't have this pitch count thing going on. See, you know, that, got, it comes back to the analytic thing. Um, you know, the, the Phillies had an issue earlier in the year um, where they, they wouldn't let a, pit, a relief pitcher pitch three days in a row. And it probably cost them a few games. Sure. Um, yeah, you know, you you don't have a pitcher throw um, a hundred so pitches this early in the season. But what do you mean? You're supposed like, to be like, ready after spring training. Right, like well, there was some earlier they, that the closer wasn't available for, for back-to-back games or something. Yeah, it was, yeah. yeah. It, it how was, many how many innings did he go the game before? One, one, and it was oh, well, we, and the answer with this Joe Girardi who's no longer here. Um, uh, it was well, I need him in October. Meanwhile, you're 10 games under 500. It's like, what are you're you worried about October, October for? Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. you got to get to October and first. That was, I think it was the next week he was fired. Right. It was yeah. right after yeah. that. I, I, you know, yeah. I, I understand, you know, I mean, there's analytics. I'm not one. i got to get my kids to show me how to open my phone sometime. I, <laughs> you, know, you go to the youngsters, they got that. I don't do that. I, t- I told you guys, I, I hear people talking about batting averages and da-da-da-da, and I say that's the most overrated number in baseball. Because if you're worried about your batting average and you got a man on second base with nobody out, you're not willing to sacrifice yourself and hit a ground ball to the right side to get him to third. That's too, you know, I mean, this is these are the things that that I think is lost in lost in in the game now 
you know, a little somewhat. You know, all the guys, Larry Boa. I saw him at the Darren Dalton Golf Tournament, Foundation Golf Tournament uh, a couple years ago, and he came up to me. He was kind of wound up. He said, this guy came over to me. No, it was last year, matter of fact, when we were celebrity bartending. And he said, uh, he said, this guy came up to me, and he was all wound up, and he said, they ought to throw that. They shouldn't allow that shift in baseball. He said, they need to throw that thing out of the game. We can't have that. And, and, and he said, he said, he, he told Bo, he looked at Bo, and he said, what would you do if they did that to you? And Bo looked at him and said, hit the ball the, hit the other way. way. Yeah. Hit the other way. You know, what? Well, this is Major League Baseball. You can't handle the bat. That, right. That's what they I'd put like, everybody on yep. one side of the infield, I don't care what you're talking about. This guy's a home run hitter. If everybody's on that side of the infield, don't – this nonsensical to try and hit the ball over there. Right. This is Major League Baseball. Yep. And every guy behind you can drive you in. Mm -hmm. So get on base. And that's my thought. But the analytics say no because he's a home run hitter. Well, if you, you pay hit, him $300 if, million. Dollars, I don't care. Yeah, I know. If you hit 40 home runs in a year and you got a 162-game schedule, number one, you don't win a game every time you hit a home run. Mm -hmm. So say you did hit a, win a game every time you hit a home run. So that's 40 games. So right. what, we're, we're right. 40 and 122? Right. Yeah. That's, that's what we're looking yeah. for here? Yeah, no, we're playing the game. It's interesting you say because, like, that was the argument against Ryan. Ha I loved Ryan Howard. I mean, he was phenomenal. The five, six-year stretch he had was one of the most fa fascinating we've ever seen in baseball, at least in our generation. Absolutely. Um, but it drove me nuts. He had the shift. He could not hit the ball opposite way. Like, how did he not and, work and on it was in like, the offseason? Bunt the opposite way. Well, you don't pay him $30 million a year to bunt the opposite way. But now Bryce Harper's doing it. Bryce sure Harper has no problem splashing it the other way. Yeah, he has no right. problem. Yeah, that's he has right. no problem. Yes, that's the but game. That's, that, that's why Bryce that's Harper's the best hitter in baseball yeah. right now. Um, yeah. You know, it was. And, well, and yeah. You, yeah. And you, you two, you, you, you open up that side. When they, when they see you go the other way a couple of times, they're not letting you they're get on base. Exactly. Yeah, they're going to move maybe back over. Yeah, Wait, right, let's yeah. not do the shift. He's spitting the ball the other direction. That's it. Like it, uh, you know, but I mean, there's an argument there with it, but it's never going to get through to me because if I, as long as it, I'm like I'm like Boa, Boa, you know, if you if you put everybody on one side of the field and you can't hit the ball the other way, then you better go learn how if you want to play for me because it's just one of those things where we got to open this up, and and I have confidence in the rest of my teammates to come out here and drive you in. You bunt the ball down the left field line with everybody over there, it's a double, right? Yeah, that's a run. Are we trying to win Kyle or what? Yep. Kyle Schwarber did it. Uh, I don't know, last week or something. Yep. The whole left side of the at the infield was on. Yeah. Double. Yep. Double. It's I, a I, lost you know, start. It's a lost start. Well, it needs to be. It, that, that's what small needs ball. to come back. And I tell you. If, yeah, we heard you earlier talking about, like, yeah, do small ball. Absolutely. <laughs> well, if you do. Whatever it takes to win. Yeah, whatever it takes to win. And if you do the small things and play this game the way it was meant to be played, then you'll win more ball games than you lose, I promise you. Mm -hmm. You know, if you get back to that, the rest of the league isn't doing it. If yeah, you I mean, start doing that, you yep. know, it'll be a copycat league. Oh, yep. we, you know what? We, right now, I'm telling you, you'll, you'll, win, you'll win another 30% of ball games. I guarantee you if you just do that. Games where you leave a guy on second base inning after inning after inning when it was a leadoff double. Mm -hmm. How do you do that? That's not, not part of the game. When I was playing – it was like everybody looking at you when you came back in. If you didn't, if you didn't get that job done, everybody's like, "Come on, man, dang! Let's, yeah. you know, we got to, we got to get Just this guy to third. Yeah. And yeah. now the guy on second's got to think about, hey, maybe I can steal his bag or you know something. Right. You know, but but you got it. That's part of the game, and you can't. If you keep that part of the game solid, 
you're going to be in the playoffs with this wild card now because when I played, we didn't have wild card. Either you won the league or you didn't. It was division or bust, right? Literally, division or bust. That's right. We were in second place behind the Mets, and we had the only winning record against the Mets. And they came in to play us four straight. And Tug McGraw, I saw him at the chart house. We were eating, and he came, he was he was reporting then. He was he was a reporter then. He came over to me. He said, "Justin, got the Mets coming in." He said, "You know, if they beat you one, they're celebrating." And I looked at him. I said, "They're not celebrating in Philadelphia." You know, I'm a Philly guy. It's like you yeah. know, the Mets can't come here and celebrate. Well, you know, you plastic off all the lockers mm-hmm. before this before the game because there's a chance that you celebrate and you're spraying. And so they plastic. I said, I said they're not going. I said we're going to sweep them. I said, We're, they're not beating us here. We're going to beat them. And so Tug said, would you say that on camera? I said, come on down there tomorrow. So I said it the first day, no reporters at all around. It. And I said uh, it the first day, and Tug airs it, and we end up winning that game. And then the second day, there's a couple more reporters there, and I say it again because he keeps bringing it up. <laughs> yeah. And then the third day, we won. now we won two in a row. Now the third day, I got a few more reporters in there, and then we beat them that third game. And then the next day – before that fourth game, all the Philadelphia reporters were standing in front of my locker. So you really think we're going to win this game? And I think uh, Video Dan, thank you, Video Dan, for everything you do. Video Dan made a highlight film for me after I threw out the first pitch at the end of the 2019 season. Um, and he made a highlight film for me. At the end of that highlight film, you see me dive. Up. Kent Tocovey was pitching. Two outs, bottom of the ninth inning. Um, tying run on second base. We're up one, I think it was. And Kent's pitching, Teak's pitching, Mookie Wilson's hitting. And he called, and uh, Darren calls, or I think it was Darren called for a fastball away. It might have been, I can't remember who it was. But anyway, called for a fastball away. And, you know, Teak's submarine, and that ball's going to tail. Mm-hmm. And Mookie's good for hitting that ball in that hole. So just before that pitch, I take a hop step to my right. Mm-hmm. Now, Teak doesn't hit that ball and hit his spot, which he was doing. And when he missed, he missed away. I took a hop step to my right, and I landed. And soon I landed, Mookie hits a smoking line drive in the hole, and I dive and catch it and come up, and I did like that. And that was, yeah, that, yeah, that yeah, was yeah. the final yeah. out of that four-game sweep. That's and awesome. And then they went to St. Louis, and they end up clinching and winning. But, yeah. I mean, we they had – They weren't only, doing it in Philly. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah we, we, they didn't do it in Philly, and we had the only winning record against them. Now, that year was a year when I started talking about that would have been a year that we got to go to the playoffs or do the, to do the wild card thing. Yeah, right? there was – But, you know, we didn't have yeah. that like, then. Like early 2000s the Phillies weren't very good but if it was this playoff format from I think it's 2002 to 2016 the Phillies would have made the playoffs yeah it's it's a that's big crazy. difference now. that's, that's why crazy. I, when when people ask me what I think about it and they say, I don't know I truly believe it I say you know if 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 we had this format when I was playing we would have been in the playoffs a lot more. A few times, yeah. And yeah, a few times. And nowadays, with the way the game is being played, what we've been talking about right now, if I was running this thing and I knew what was going on, I'd be in the playoffs every year because we're going to win enough games to be in the playoffs. Yeah. So I you promise. never thought about getting into coaching? Oh, I thought about it. But, you know, it's, I, you know, I want to make a difference. Yeah. And so I've always said – you know, I, I, you know, I co- I've been coaching for years. I've been every team that I've helped. Uh, you know, I go into that Royals thing where they hadn't been to the World Series in 30 years, and and I wrote a three-page analyzation when I was Royals alumni to Jeff Montgomery. And the next day, they announced George Brett as a hitting instructor. And George, if you know George, George is one of the best third basemen ever played the game, just yeah. like Smitty. But he's not a coach. You know, George is not going to be that. The one doing. I, I'm watching the TV the next day in the three-page analyzation. I talk about small ball chemistry. If you remember when the Worlds went to the World Series, they were talking about small ball, 
Now, all this is documented. You look at the email that I sent to Jeff Montgomery, and he sent it over to Lou, George Brett. I keep calling him Sweet Lou. But anyway, we sent it over to George, and he was in the clubhouse, or he was on TV the next day verbatim reading what I was watching. It. I'm looking at it. Like, oh. like, <laughs> well, okay. If it works, it works. They went to the World Series after 30 years, two years yeah. in a row. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And yep. people were talking about small ball, and they talked about it. Well, they did it, and then I left and came back here. But I'm looking. I'm, I'm thinking, well, you know it works. Why did you stop? Why you stop yeah. doing it? Yeah. It's what works. I'm telling you it works. Yeah. I have never had a losing season with any team that I've been involved with. So somebody asked me to what like you asked, how come you don't coach? I said, you know, I said at that level, you know, they had to create a position for me. I mean, it's like I'm, I'm not, I'm not a manager. I don't, you know, I can't do all that. I'm not trying to do all that. I, I deal with the kids on the field and teach you how to play the game because I played them all. But I would be an assistant too. I can't be a general manager, but right. I can be an assistant to a general manager where I can go down to the clubhouse and get there and have power to be able to say, look, this is what you need to be doing. I saw this last night and have these one-on-one talks with these kids mm -hmm. and tell them we're young men. I call them kids because I'm 63. But, you know, go down there and talk to them and say, hey, this was the same talks that, that, that Mike Schmidt had with me and Gary Maddox had with me and Sarge had with me, yeah. you know, those, th those talks. This is what you need to be doing. This is how you're going to win this ball game. You need to start thinking about it like this and then go back up to the front office and say, hey, you know. Here's if you don't we, do it, yeah, he's going to Yeah, well, here's what we need to do and here's how we need to handle this. And, you know, you need to do this and that and look at the minor league. Guys. They're doing a phenomenal job. Rob Holiday's doing a phenomenal job with it all. But that's kind of my thought on how it needs to happen, and this is what you need to do. And, you know, but I don't, you know, I got to be a manager job in the big leagues pretty much is chemistry in the locker room. That's how I feel about it. Yeah. And I might not be a, you know, you put a lineup card out. Everybody knows that what they're going to do. All you guys that sit on the bench, they got to play one spot start once a week. Yeah. Your catcher needs a day off. And you need to get your other catchers some time playing in there. You know, get to know the pitchers. So when somebody does go down, you're not missing anything. Or you do need that guy that's sitting on the bench to come in and, and uh, face, face the, the closers of the league, the best pitchers in the league. I mean, the ones that are trying to shut this game down. You want them to come off the bench and they haven't played in, in three days or a week because they've been there. And then you want them to step in there in a, in a crucial situation and get a base hit. That's a, you know, you're asking the impossible, nearly the impossible. You got to give these guys spot start playing time. And, and you, you have that chemistry going so everybody's happy. Everybody knows, hey, I'm starting tomorrow, and I got to be ready in the, the sixth inning on because I might have to do double switches and do this and that or whatever we need to do. That's what you need to do to win ballgames. I say, you know, you, you have to have everybody sharp. And you have to give them all playing time. And everybody's happy then. And once you got that chemistry going as a manager, you put a lineup card out and go sit down. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You don't go out there and try to overmanage it. Because mm -hmm. yep. Pete, exactly. Pete Rose, when he when we were doing a hit and run, when I first got there, Pat Corrales, Dallas Green, they didn't call hit and run. We were hitting and running all the time. But that was between the hitter and the, and the base runner. Yeah. And we had signs, and we knew we were getting ready to do it. Mm -hmm. And we did it, and the manager didn't call that. You know, you're taking getting signs from the third base coach, but that didn't mean nothing back when I first came in because these guys that are Hall of Famers are saying I'm hitting and running right now, so get ready. Right. You know, yeah. and, and that we had a feel for the game, so we played the game. And so, like I said, going back to the manager, put his lineup card out there and, and, and allow these guys the ability to play the game. Yeah. And see what they know and what they don't know. And if they don't know, teach them. 
And that's what your job is. And other than that, you know, you can't blame the manager for, for, for not winning and losing ball games. Mm-hmm. Because as soon as they got rid of Jardy, started winning. Well, that's the same damn team. They won 10 in a row. What's the problem? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you just woke some people up. Right. They went, oh, exactly. you know, that's yeah. what's going on. Yeah. You know, and, and, and the organization has a responsibility of shaking some things up because the manager wasn't shaking it up. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you shake it up and you get, well, we'll get him, get him out of here and they'll, everybody will see we're not playing. We're trying to win ball games. Right. And that's what you do. But, I mean, it's kind of a, you know, I, I don't want to, uh, they're probably mad at me now because I talk too much. But <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm calling it like I see it, and nice. if as a Philadelphia former Philadelphia Philly, and as a form and as a Philly fan, and had the, I say this area right here is the best baseball fans in the history of this game. I promise you, I love playing here. Nice. And even when they were all over me, I loved it still because my dad was command sergeant major and was all over me. So mm. I'm good with that. But I say what I say because I believe it, mm. and that's how I played the game and what I know. So. Yeah. That's awesome. That's all. That's all we want in Philly. We, all, with all of our athletes, just play give hard. It, give it. Give it your all. And if you make a mistake, go out and fix yeah. it. Just own up to it. Own up to it. We just. We just want to see you care. Put out care and put out 100%. all the effort that you can. That's a hundred and ten percent. I mean, I don't see how it's even possible you get four at bats in the course of a ball game, and you hit a fly ball. To, to I've seen it so many times. You've seen it. Guy hits a ball in the outfield. Oh, I don't know if the wind caught it in candlestick or if the sun got in the guy's eyes and he messes it up. And the guy that was running the first base is carrying his bat down the first baseline. Yeah. Yep. And then he catches the ball, he misses the ball, and he picks it up and he gets caught on first base. Mm-hmm. Man, you ought to be How trying to get a triple on? out of that. Yeah. You know, definitely a double. But, you know, I mean, if you can't run hard four times during the course of a nine-inning ball game, yeah. then something's wrong. And yeah. I don't care if you hit a ground ball to the middle infielder. Mm-hmm. Are you kidding? You might, run hard. You bobble it, bad throw at first base. If they know you're going to do that, like I knew that when I went to St. Louis, or I knew that when Wally Backman, Lenny Dykstra, because St. Louis has rabbits. And, and, you know, when I'm playing, I play a completely different shortstop. I'm moving to the hole a little bit, and I'm in a little bit. I need time. And I'm going to make my play, and I can't, can't afford to bobble it because if I bobble it, they're safe. Well, if everybody knows that about your team, these guys go hard mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah, you force time. errors without sure. just by because yep. you hustle. Just by playing, playing hard. hard. That's just right. Hard, yeah. that's, what, that's the difference. And I see it. I mean, you know – you got no, one in the I, hole. I don't know, want, he's, yeah. busting, he's going to bust it down the line. I got to get that, and then boom, you bobble. Yeah, he bobble yeah. it. Yeah, this is the, you, you force uh, you, you force mistakes if you just hustle. Yeah. Simple as that. If you go hard, you know, and lose the celebration, concentrate on nine innings of of respectful baseball. Respect yeah. your opponent. Mm-hmm. You know, we might. I mean, we might get at it and turn double play, and they can't do it now. But they take me out to left field. I shake his hand. Good yeah. job, man. Yeah. Good job. You know, you got me. And yeah. they're like, hey, so, you know, after the game, we sit and talk about it. We're out there, you know, in Chicago, you know, Cubs and Phillies are pretty much the same thing. So, you know, we're trading back and forth <laughs> back in the day. Yeah. So everybody that played there played, or, you know, not everybody, but Ryan Sandberg. Yeah, there's was quite there a few, and, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, Bobby D. Yeah, you know, yeah, a lot of guys that played, played with yeah. the Phillies and Cubs. But, you know, I mean, we get along after the game. Yeah. You know, I mean, we have, we have our, our, our battle during the course of that nine innings, but when it's over, it's over. And and like you say, back in the day, if you were doing something that wasn't respectful, a pitcher will drop you on your tail. You yeah. get one under no. your chin. Yeah. And you know, and that might be a guy that you're hanging out with after the game. Yeah. yeah. You know, hey. but during that game, 
all rules are it's, off right now. We're not friends. It's sorry about the sweet, sweet chin music, but you know why you got that. Yeah. Yeah, What's yeah, that? Yeah, sorry about the chin music. Yeah, I yeah, know you why know I got it. I yeah, know. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And you just get up, dust yourself off, and go to play in the dog yeah. game. You know, there's no – I don't understand what happened. I, I, I think it's internet. I think it's all the, the, allow, the allotment. Dude, they let people just um, – if I'm managing and I see you do something that's, that's – uh, that's disrespectful to the other team, hit a home run and stand there and watch it for too long, flipping your bat and acting all that or whatever it is. You know, if I see it, you come over and sit down next yeah. to me. Yeah. You're yeah. not respecting the game. This isn't what we – we respect our opponents. Yeah. Because you got to remember, you might be the guy on the other end of that. Yep. And you're not going to like it when they do it to you. Right. Put yourself right. in there. So shoes. why would you yeah. do it to somebody else? Treat yeah. people the way you want to be treated. Yep. You know, so that's where I'm at with that. Steve, what do you think of the DH? Yeah. Mm. I don't like it. No. I mean, you know, we're talking. We're going back to to Babe Ruth and the back in the days when guys played the game. I didn't know anything about the National League when I came to Philly. I'm, I grew up in Kansas, Kansas City Royals, yeah. American League, DH, da da da. But I never played there. But I never knew anything about it when we grew up playing baseball. Pitchers hit, so right. that's what we did. But. You know, I liked the game when I came to the National League. I had to learn how to be a number eight hitter. I knew nothing about that. Right, right, right. You know, I learned how to, you know, 2-0 and with nobody on and and two outs, you're taken. You right. know, you're not looking for that one pitch because I did it and hit a line drive at second baseman and Pete and Joe screamed and hollered at me and said, what do you think you're doing? You know, <laughs> it's like three and one, you become a good number eight hitter. Your average isn't going to be very good, but your on-base percentage will. And right. you got to get the pitcher out of the way so you're not playing the next inning with two outs. Mm-hmm. Or two outs and, and a man on second base, they're not giving you anything to hit. Yep. So if you're a selfish ball player, you're like, whatever, I'll take my walk because my batting average. But if you want to drive in the run and do your job, you try to drive in the run. Well, you sw- It's hard enough to hit, get base hits on strikes. You yep. start swinging at balls trying to get base hits. Yeah, that's yeah. tough. So, you know, that's why I go back to that batting average is most overrated number in the game. I don't play with that. I don't care about that. I'll take kids on my team. If I see they know how to play the game and they're team ball players, I'll take him. Yep. Yeah, I'll take him all day because I'll tell you one thing for sure, good pitching will beat good hitting any day of the, any day of the week. You can be the best hitter in the world, and you got a, a, a Cy Young out on the mound, yep. he's going to neutralize it. That's right. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, that's well, I know we keep going back to it, but that's why the structure of this, this Phillies team worried me from the start because – they got guys who streaky. were – they were home run hitters. Yeah, they were streaky. Right, Booch. Um, home run hitters or bust. And that was it. And you're – that's why, like, when we're talking about small ball, I don't think this team's built no, they're not. to do small ball. Well, you know, I, I heard somebody say that earlier about I don't think this team's built for that. I think this team – they're major league ball players. And they ought to be able yeah. to do anything. You're right. Yeah, I think yeah. they can. I think they can. That's up here. Yeah, 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 yeah. you're probably right. It's, yeah, a, it's, right. it's about it's about training them, and you know what a blessing to have guys that can hit the ball out of the ballpark. Yeah, how much of a blessing is that? Yeah, That's you're fantastic. Fi- you're, you're four, yeah. But, but you know what? We got to do. We got to play the game other than just that. Yeah, yeah give me okay. a single. Yeah, yeah give you, me a you base score, You score ten runs one game and then get shut out the next game. Well, you're one There's and one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you're one and one. Now, you yeah, you know, either way, you're one and one. But if you score five this game and four the next, and it was no home runs, and you're two and zero, oh. yep. yep. you know, that's what I'm talking about. Right. But at the end of the day, like I said, they must be smarter than me. They do what they do. But I'll tell you, all the kids and all the people that I work with and the colleges that I go see, I have not, and it's been 35 years. I have never had a losing record. 
And anybody I've ever helped, and when they start working on these things and they start doing it this way, all of a sudden that light bulb goes off and go, dang, man, this is kind of nice. And I was like, yeah, yeah. huh? I said, before you know it, you're 10-0 and 0, and that kind of thing. Yeah. That's what I had. I had teams that were won two games a year before Legion Ball, and, and they had good athletes, but they never won a game. I taught them how to play the game. Yeah. Before they knew it, they were 10-0. and 0. We went to regionals. I mean, I had another one in Kansas City that was that was a freshman. Uh, one of the alumni guys asked me. He had uh, KC Elite, and, and it was a, a travel team, and, and they had a problem with the coach they had. He was screaming and hollering. The kids weren't having fun, all da-da-da, long story mm -hmm. short. I went in, he asked me to come and help. He said, man, please, Jelsey, at alumni meeting, just do my 14U team. They're all going to high school next year, so could you come out, man? Just, just, I just need you for that time, and I'll find a coach, but if you can help me. I said, he said, you don't even have to come to the games, man. Just come to, I mean, come to the practice. Just come to the games. I said, whoa, 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 whoa. If I'm going to coach them, I'm going to coach them. He said, well, you don't have to deal with any parents. I said, I don't worry about that. If you want me to coach this team, you go handle those other eight teams you got. Forget about this one. We got this. Mm -hmm. We ended up 29-0-1. Oh, yeah. Wow. All my, friend, all, my, all my freshman kids made their high school baseball team as freshmen. Oh, no way. Wow. That's yeah, awesome. Every last one of them. Oh, that's awesome. And that's so, great. you know, I mean, and, and to this day, I mean, these kids. That's, that, that's, that's got to be the most proud, like one of the more prouder. Most, that, I was yeah. so proud of them because yeah. everybody said, man, you did. I said, I didn't do anything. I coached them. I tell you, the day we were, we were, we were like 10-0, and and I had to come back to that 10-0 thing, and that was another team that was 10-0 that we started to do. But this one here. They, they were 10-0, and 0 and, and they were – I just didn't feel it. I said, you know, you guys are good, and I'm teaching you how to play this game, but you guys, you're going to run across the team. It's going to stomp your butt if you don't start doing this and this and this. And so that day at practice, I said, you know what? I said, we're going to do, do situations today, and today I'm running the bases. You got to throw me out. <laughs> and so, oh, you want to see these guys get pumped up. And so I'm running bases, and I had a catcher that had a cannon, 14 years old. He's going to be a ball player, right? So, so I get on first base, and he, he's already throwing me out. And he said, what I've been telling you, you haven't been hearing. You don't steal bases off of any catcher in the league. You steal it off the pitch. That's yes, right. If you don't get a jump, I don't care who's pitching. If you don't get a jump, you're out. I don't yeah. care who's catching. Yeah. I said, so I'm telling them these things, but they're not really hearing me. So I get on first base, and. Pitcher doesn't really hold me on too much. I mean, he's going to quick pitch me or something, but I see him getting his body start to move when he gets ready to throw the ball. I'm gone. And I get, I'm get, i getting a jump. These are kids of 14. Now, you know, I can read yeah, them yeah, and get yeah. a jump easy. So I get a jump, and the catcher tries to hurry it, and he throws the ball, and it bounces out in the center field. And I slide, and I stand up, and I get ready to go to third. Now I'm 45 years old at the time. <laughs> I, sl I slide, and I bounce up, and I'm getting ready to go to third. My center fielder, little Chris Liggett, he's left-handed, could fly, left-handed center fielder. And, and I slide, and I bounce up, and I get ready to go third. And he's right there, center fielder. He come running in because he's seen me going. Yeah, yeah. And he said, yeah, go ahead, coach. Go ahead, coach. And I started laughing. By the time that practice was over, I was dead dog tired, I might add. <laughs> By the time that practice was over, you know what I told him? I said, now you get it. I said, if you play this game like you're trying to get me out, yeah, like you did today, against all your opponents – then you're ready to throw this guy. When the catcher's still, when the guy's still on second base and, and my center fielder's on the move, that's what I want to see. Now you get it, and they got it. They didn't lose a ball game the rest cool. of the year. Nice. That's awesome. Nice. And that was, that was the key. But it took me to go out there and run to get them. I couldn't figure out. I've been teaching them, but I couldn't figure out how to get it through to them. And I said, you know what? And I took my wife looked at me, and she goes, you know you're going to be hurting. And I said, ah. Oh, yeah. I said, I'll, be, I'll just be hurting for a couple of days. I'll be okay. Yeah. So, the, the, the hurt's worth the uh, it was yeah, the worth juice, worth, juice worth the squeezer. Right? It was so. indeed. 
But we're gonna we're, so we're uh, we're gonna close out this podcast. Uh, but we're gonna be hanging out here at Nick's for a while. We got the Phillies coming on at four o'clock. Um, but before we before we close it out, uh, Steve, thank you so very much for hanging out and being oh, a part of this today. And and we we all appreciate it. And uh, so everybody, Nick's for Beef, give Steve Johnson a nice round of applause for hanging out today. Hey guys, thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, Brett from the uh, uh, Darren Dalton Foundation was on earlier. Chris, why don't you why don't you come back on? Uh, Darren Dalton Foundation was on a few minutes ago, uh, a little bit ago. He had to step out, but uh, we want to thank him as well and the Darren Dalton Foundation as well. Everybody. Yeah. And we got uh, Chris here from Drunk Phil's fans. Thanks for helping putting this all together, man. Of course, thank you guys. Thanks Mike for Lebo, out. this is awesome. Yeah, Mike. Yeah. Awesome. yeah, Mike Lebo. Mike Lebo. Primal Sports Charities. So it's, yeah, and that's right? going to be up yeah. about September. The website yeah, will be up yeah, and running. You'll be able to sign out. Oh, there's our there's our cheers out there. All right. <laughs> I, I don't know why he's got green beans out there. Why do you have green beans? <laughs> you can't hear me anyway. Um, but, yeah, so that, that website will be up by September, you're hoping? Yeah, and, uh, yeah, it should be, be up and running. I, we, have it, we have it coming together. We're building an indoor facility, um, and we're, we're working hard on putting this all together with four fields and, and teaming up with the Cumberland Valley uh, School District. So we're going to have college kids coming in, and they'll be counseling some of the kids in the school. We're opening it all up. They want us to come in, and we're going to work this together. Kind of a community thing because that's what these kids need. Mm-hmm. You know, right now is what they need is, hey, there's Michael. Michael, run with it. Yeah, I was actually just talking with Gary, and Gary and I decided we're going to come to Philadelphia and do the same thing. Oh, he said there's all kinds of space out here with the housing authority that buildings are just not being used in the community. So we were talking, my mom works for the Senate, so we'll get in touch with the senators out here and come out and do it in Philly. Oh, that'd yeah. be awesome. Community centers. Yeah. That'd be great. Our, our mission, you know, when I was growing up, I used to hear it takes a village to raise a child. And that's the absolute truth, and that's what mm-hmm. we got to do, yeah. you know, because we got a mess, and you know these kids need to have have something to help them understand who they are, not just an athlete or whatever they're doing, but make them hold them accountable for all their actions, and show them how to change those actions and what works and what doesn't work. And it, I mean, it starts at home. All this starts at home. I mean, I remember guys used to saying we're we're uh, role models in Philly and. We were role models. Somebody came to me and asked me who my role model was. Which who's the ball? Who's your role model, Steve? I said my dad. Dad, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Pretty simple. Yeah. You know. So and not all kids have that. So that's what we're trying to do now. Yeah. Yeah. Build that's that great. place for them to come and I don't know, enjoy and just learn and figure out what to do with life. Yeah. Right? That's great. Yeah. So that's it's great. definitely gonna. We're gonna come here to Philly and do it here too. Be awesome. Yeah. Steve was literally on the truck ride down. He's like, man, we got to be out here in Philly doing this. Like, yep, on it's the just way such down. a better opportunity. You can impact more lives and help more people out here. That's what it's all about. So. Well, yep. of course, you know, if there's any way that, you know, Chris or I can Absolutely. help you guys get word out, just Thank let you. me know. You know, appreciate reach out. You, you, you know, you'll have my number. You have my number. So, right. yeah, we'll, we'll make that happen. For yeah. sure. Thank you, guys. Sure. Appreciate it. Thanks for yeah. having me. Yeah, definitely. Thank 100%. you. 100%. Hey, no, thank, thank you. Thank you, guys. I got, I got to say thank you to all you guys. Philly fans <laughs> yeah. alike, everybody, I love right. you. Yep. I mean, you know Philly what? I, yeah. I learned. I had no idea. Understand, I grew up working on dairy farm and hunting and fishing, and, and I got a chance to play ball in college and then signed with the Phillies. And the Phillies, I, that was when the Pittsburgh Pirates had We Are Family. Reggie. So yeah, you see yeah, that? Yeah. And I'm like, I didn't I know who the Phillies were. Mm. Sheltered. I'm just sheltered. Yeah. You know, I'm out in the country in Kansas. Yeah, you know? so, yeah. so they say, well, my mom and dad were watching the draft. 
And my aunts were there, and everybody was there, and I was down at the community building playing basketball, right? So I come in, and they're all, you're a Philly, you're a Philly. And I was like, a what? I'm a female horse? <laughs> what? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like, I'm looking at them I'm like, uh, what? And they said, you just got, the Phillies are signing you. They're going to say, I didn't even know. I, you know, I was like, okay, you know, and, and I was thinking of going to law school and all that. And then, you know, I was debating that. And I was oh, like, wow. well, you know, and then all of a sudden, bam, and I had no idea what I was in the Midwest, right? I'd never been here. Yeah. So I came out here, and the way I grew up, my father, like I said, command sergeant major, and, and, and my mom, she was supervisor of missions and records at KU for 27 years. They didn't put up with any nonsense. You know, it was zero tolerance at all. There's no excuse for anything. Get it done. And so when I came out here, everybody was saying, man, it's hard to play in Philly, boy. You, I, I thought to myself, what do you mean? It's mm-hmm. hard to play in Philly. Yes. I was like, and then they, they kind of enlightened me to what that was, and then I got to see what that was. And I was like, well, so? My dad was in the stands all the time, and there wasn't no room for me slacking off at all. So, <laughs> you know, that's kind of what you people are. Everybody mm-hmm. out here, I love it. I was yeah. like, well, you need, to demand that same, you need to demand that same performance to this day, and let, don't let anything else change that. That's why Philadelphia stands above them all. That's why I love it. So yeah. I love you guys. Thank you very oh, much. Thank you. Yeah, thank, thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Y'all do a great show. Thank yeah. you. So, Chris, uh, before we go, once again, uh, Drunk Phil's fans, we're, you know, we're hanging out. We're going to watch the Phillies and Padres at 4 o'clock here at Knicks. Uh, once again, tell, tell the people where they can find you. Yeah, so we're on Facebook, Drunk Phil's fans. Same with Twitter and uh, Instagram at Drunk Phil's fans. And today we're also, just so everyone knows, we're going to be selling tickets. Uh, it's $5 for a single ticket, $3, uh, 3 for $10, and 8 for $20. Uh, we have a table up front with some items that were donated by either Corner Pub Sports, Philly Sports Trips, who actually donated uh, front row seats to the July 7th Phil's game, some things from Drunk Phil's fans, and some items from donated from Darren Dalton Foundation, so signed items by Darren himself. Uh, we have a ball from Scott Ayer, uh, John Crook uh, items up there as Dalton, well. So Dalton autograph items. Yeah, yeah. Dalton well, as well. Beautiful, and, uh, beautiful Steve, Charlie. Steve Jeltz autographs. Yeah, yeah, we got uh, Steve Jeltz autographs. Yeah, so, absolutely. You know, and, and that picture, that Charlie Manuel picture, is beautiful. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's 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 going to be worth it as well as 50-50s. And again, a hundred percent of the profits are going to directly to Darren Dalton Foundation. Mm-hmm. So it's one hundred percent. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, man. From minute one, he's been on the Yeah, he has been on you. He's been on me. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Steve. And thank you, Nick Sorosby, for having us. We are Corner Plus Sports. We will see you guys every Friday night next week. See you. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. My pleasure.